What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast. Another fine Sunday here. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, joined by the full crew back together again. To my right, my left, however you're looking at it, the man himself, you know him, the beautiful seven, Mr. Dan Rodriguez. Good morning, sir. I'm here this week, <laughs> which is crazy. I'm going to be gone next week because it's vacation day, but, you know. I this figured. guy. This guy, yeah. he's part-time. He's part-time yeah. at this moment. I'm doing the part-time thing right now. Yeah. <laughs> no benefits for you anymore. I'm no, that's all right. I, I'm good with that at this point. There's and uh, somehow, <laughs> there's benefits. Somehow surviving just barely and hanging on after a long day and evening trying the new raid, which we're going to talk about with Destiny, is Mr. Ty Guy Travis. What's happening, my friend? McClunky, I'm here. I'm I'm energized and I'm ready to talk about games and also games. That's me, <laughs> Travis Northup. Is that like two lies and a truth there? We have to figure out what the, yeah, what the right? <laughs> yeah, that's me trying to play it cool, guys. I'm really fun at parties, as you know. Absolutely. <laughs> and last but not least, our head of our legal department officially. We probably shouldn't even say that, but you know him. Mr. Hoke himself, what's happening, sir? People take liberties with my introduction that often sound <laughs> like I'm providing legal advice. So as a disclaimer, no legal advice on this channel or to Ains or to anyone else. We're going to have some fun here. We're going to try to bring the energy up a little bit. Remember, guys, yeah. Yeah. every show could be somebody's first show. I want to present true. as strong as possible. That's what they used to yeah. say back in drama club way back in the day. Way, way back in the day. Of course you were a drama kid. So was well, I. I got to tell you, I went to an all-boys high school, and drama was the best way to, let's say, get out there. Uh, so we paired up with some uh, sister schools. It was a good time. There you go. There you go. Always finding a, a break in the system. Mine was a good way to not meet girls is how I did. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Different priorities. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Different priorities. It, it, it is a little hard when you're dressed as a farmer and singing Oklahoma, but, you know, you get through it. That's true. It's a good icebreaker. <laughs> One of the best intros we've had in a long time, I must say so myself. <laughs> good morning, theater, man. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Good morning, Chad. Good to see everyone. Uh, a couple things to touch on. So we did pass 10,000 subscribers a couple yes! days ago. So Hell yeah. uh, nice little milestone for the channel. Thank you, everyone who uh, tunes in, interacts with us, and we, we've kind of blown past 10,000 and we're cruising right along. So um big big thank you to everyone who uh obviously tunes into this show but uh also tunes into everything else we put out there um and just appreciate all the support as always so uh yeah big big thanks for that um one thing i wanted to comment on that and travis touched on this last episode is uh you know we're 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 admittedly not very good at self-promotion here uh i'm not good at it i don't think as a show we're good at it and so, you know, we really do kind of rely on you guys uh, listening to us to kind of uh, spread by word of mouth, share this out, give us a like, a comment, what have you. Uh, as you know, we're not the type of show that's out there yelling from the rooftops about how great we are or anything like that. So um, if you, uh, you know, you like the show, you enjoy it, you enjoy hanging out with us every Sunday or listening uh, the week after, please, uh, you know, please tell someone, share it out. Need a gaming podcast for every week. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. So. Absolutely. And if it's your first time here, subscribe right now and try to forget that you did subscribe, even if we offend you at some point during this episode. That's the way to do it. Get them in before they know what we're going to talk about. 
Hit that yeah, like, right. hit that subscribe, ring bells, upvotes, downvotes. You know, YouTube, big secret. They love downvotes. You want to hit us with a downvote? Fantastic. That's engagement, baby. But subscribe, <laughs> get in there. It's going to be great. The sad thing is he's not wrong at all. Yeah. I like that. I like the Hoag's pitch for this is this could be the latest show that you scroll past in your feed. That's right. You never <laughs> know. It could the be right at the top every week and you never on. look at it. It's fine yeah. as long as it's up there, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. So one thing we want to touch on just at the top of the show is um, kind of what's going on uh, in Ukraine right now. I know that a lot of uh, companies, publishers, developers are touching on it and, and kind of implementing certain, you know, responses to it, we'll say. Um, we had a conversation on Cast Co-op, me, Joe and Luke did around around this and, and whether or not people like to see their content creators talk about serious issues, political issues, what's going on in the world or not. Some people do, some people don't, some people don't have a preference, but I just wanted to mention it to basically say that, um, you know, my perspective, and you guys can obviously uh, add your thoughts here, but what I said on cast was, I think there's a fine line. Um, it's not obviously that, um, you know, we're naive to what's going on, uh, not uh, empathetic to what's going on. And I find ways to support a number of causes uh, in, you know, my personal time. Um, generally speaking, I try to stay away from those types of issues in, in content creation only because there's so much context and nuance and, and things to these situations that, um, one, I don't claim to be an expert on personally. Uh, and, and two, um, there's usually not enough time to have a serious, uh, conversation about these things that involves the context and the nuance and all the aspects of, of what may be going on. So, uh, I just wanted to put that out at the top of the show that it's it's not that uh, certainly not that uh, it's not important. It's not that we're ignoring it, just that um, it's not something that generally speaking, you're going to see me talk about these things in detail on any of uh, the shows I do or the content I put out. Now, obviously, guys, you feel free to add your two cents here. Well, you know, I put up a video um, the day of the invasion and I got a comment uh, that I thought was very well intentioned. My community is fantastic over at virtual legality. Um, and they said, basically, how can you talk about whatever it was I was talking about that day, Activision, uh, something else that uh, I was talking about? How can you talk about that when this kind of thing happens? I said, well, I'm very empathetic to that. Right. Um, and I don't think we should ignore those kinds of things. And I think we can touch on certainly the fact that Sony has pulled Gran Turismo from Russia and. Uh, a lot of other companies are doing those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, um, there's a lot of places where you can get that kind of conversation, a lot of places where you can get foreign policy analysis, a lot of places where you can have that kind of deep, hopefully useful conversation. You know, there's, there's all sorts of complaints to be made about the Internet uh, in today's <laughs> day and age. But hopefully you're getting the information you want. For the most part, my feeling is we're here to talk about games. You don't have to be immersed in everything that's happening in the world, good or bad. Um, and you can give two hours or, or the length of a virtual legality video. And, and hopefully I'm providing expertise and commentary and usefulness for what I know. Not a foreign policy expert, not a diplomat, not a politician, not a head of state. Um, but I did do a video this week on what I saw happening with, I think I called it gaming versus Russia as that continued to roll out. And I said basically that same kind of disclaimer. So my feeling is entirely in agreement with you, Ames, which is, you know, we should talk about these things insofar as they impact gaming and uh, impact us. But we have to acknowledge we're not experts at this stuff. 
Uh, and for the most part, I think people are tuning into the BitCast to not have an analytic intellectual discussion of foreign policy and the lack right. of two decades of uh, American intervention, Russian intervention, whatever it might be. Um, so certainly I'm not equipped to have that conversation. And I doubt very much that people are coming here to hear that from us. So that's basically my position on this stuff. That Fair said, enough. if you do want to talk about it, you can always DM me. I'll talk to you about this stuff. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know there's a time and place for everything i'm not exactly an expert but i uh i do keep keep track of politics very sure. very closely and and love talking about it so you know if you want to know what the the nerdy guys on on big think, just dm me i'll tell you i'll tell you what's what i'll uh, explain the situation to you disclaimer travis's invite to dm did not apply to all of us it does not it does uh, not no. you can dm me i i I'll, i got nothing to do man i'll talk to you about the the international implications of uh invasion invading a country uh and becoming a war criminal it's fascinating stuff it's a it's a second love of mine but i would need a second show really to talk drop about it. light light commentary yeah. so travis can't help himself yeah. that's why i love uh, travis. Yeah. I, I can't i can't help myself <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's i'll just take i'll just take the ricky gervais route and say that most of us including gaming companies don't know crap about the real world so <laughs> shut the f up that's what i'll say how about that i even muted myself you um did. I mean, I, 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 you know, I don't have a preference one way or the other. I know why I'm on this show. I want to talk about games. Um, if these companies want to do it, fine. I'm not sure how qualified they are, you know, to give any kind of commentary, I guess. Really, anybody that's not directly involved. But that's always been my thing, you know, with, with, with Twitter. I've always said, you know, get your houses in order before you come on here and complain about stuff that doesn't really affect you necessarily or that you know it, it isn't in your wheelhouse so and that's never going to happen i wish it did you know i think there should be like a strict set of rules for being able to post on certain places which sounds <laughs> kind of bad but i mean it's like you know have have like a decent We're credit score you know and like you know maybe maybe you know don't have you know, more than like you know five thousand dollars in debt maybe i don't know something you know not including your house obviously but you know just just you want wait hold on i want to just plumb this a little bit you want oh, to uh, yeah, yeah oh no this is so bad this is so no bad. It's, it's the truth i mean i i have no listen the the, the opinions of people that come on there that have so many problems in their own lives probably and they're coming on and making any kind of commentary on anything related especially to something as serious as what we're something talking as serious as this your opinion is irrelevant and shut up that's what i'm trying <laughs> to tell people and i wish people would do that and twitter would be a better place for it i think you know and i'm not trying to you know maybe <clears throat> quiet people up but i mean just hey maybe your wife really needs some help with something. Maybe go help her before you come on, you know, come on Twitter and complain about microtransactions. I don't care or whatever it is, you know, just, it, and that's everything, you know? So, I mean, that that's kind of my, my, my stance. It's always going to be my stance. That's why I kind of shut up on Twitter for the most part. You can also DM me stuff. if you want to talk about the effects of censorship and why it's a bad idea. <laughs> exactly. This reminded me. I think we need to tape a disclaimer that says these are four opinionated individuals and none of the opinions represented by anything anybody says represents the other three in any capacity. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. fun with you, Dan. Yeah. No.
Oh my I'm just God. saying. I mean, you know, not- no, no, I, 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 I understand <laughs> the impulse. I'm going to sit with Travis and say the impulse should be thwarted and pushed really far down because yes. you can fight stupid people with better ideas. But how will you know which one's stupid? Right. Well, well I mean, that's Dan, the problem. Dan isn't allowed to say that everybody should shut up. You know, what I mean? <laughs> we're going to go. True. We're going to continue to go far afield, right? Because you got YouTube and Facebook and social media doing that already. That's one of the issues. But suffice yeah. it to say, we think you want to talk about gaming. And if you do want to yes. dive into this topic a little bit more, you can DM Travis. You can just chat with Dan at any time. And I've got a video in virtual legality <laughs> on it. Dan's inviting you to chat with him. He would appreciate love to hear from you. And Nick says, appreciate you guys keeping it gaming-centric. So. Yeah, that's yeah. why we're here. That's oh, why yeah. we're here. And it doesn't mean we're ignoring the world. It means, hey, this is a two-hour respite. So hopefully we can chat about some fun stuff. And then if you want to go and plumb the depths of the news, you're welcome to it. Exactly right. And with exactly. that said, mm-hmm. let's escapism. <laughs> Why not? I'm going to escape out of this. Um, good idea. <laughs> Rick supposedly has an on-the-spot question for us today. That's right. I was yeah. told that I should put together an on-the-spot question. And so <laughs> some of you may have heard the news in the last couple of days that Elden Ring had a little bit of a steam problem, had a little bit of a bug. Its cloud saves were not updating at the same level as its local saves, as I understand it. I believe that's been fixed. In the last couple of days but with that as the kind of background these people were losing massive amounts of progress in elden ring what is the most devastating loss of progress loss of save that you've experienced in gaming whether intentionally accidentally or by whatever other means mm. so like like loss of like yeah, let me give you an example, or yeah. an example yeah. right? so i was playing through final fantasy tactics back whenever that came out 1990s or whatever my brother and i got into a fight my brother wonderful guy not as wonderful during that particular uh, year grouping he <laughs> threatened to delete my i think it was 87 hours uh save of final fantasy tactics because he was mad at me for who knows why we were in high school i have, I have no idea i can't remember the exact reasons he was bluffing he was faking it but his hand slipped and he deleted that 87 hour save and he was so apologetic. I could call him up right now and he would apologize right this second. Um, have you ever experienced something where you just lost progress, whether it was a bug, a blue screen of death, a brother that just got a little bit too feisty for you in your high school years? Travis is shaking his head. You've never lost significant Oh progress. no, I'm shaking my head out of sorrow. I oh. Oh, oh my god, I have so many examples of this. I I I went through it like I lost save files in Elder Scrolls Morrowind that had a couple hundred hours on them. Those were, oh my God, devastating. Like just so bad. And those were like my hardware failed or my mom threw the Xbox out the window. Yep. Like shit like that. I was like, sure. You know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't fix it. Um, as one does. Yeah. My mom was ruthless. Um, and then uh, I think the worst one was I actually didn't get affected by the red ring of death during the Xbox 360. It Amazing. was weird. I, I bought an Xbox 360 and a PS3, and my PS3 completely died two weeks after I bought it. I didn't even get to finish the game I bought it to play, which was, I think was Heavy Rain. It was, like, very bizarre. And then my 360 lasted, like, eight years. It was, like, it lasted so long. I, I don't really understand why. Um, and the Xbox continued to work long into its life. I, I, I still have that Xbox. It's crazy. Um, but the external drive died one day the the drive that you have to snap on and off yeah, yeah, yeah. it yep. just died and i remember that thing i lost everything it was like Ooh. my house burned down i lost Ooh. every save i'd ever had this was before cloud saves were a thing it was like right at the tail end cloud saves were about to become a thing 
And this was such a problem for me. It's actually informed why I play on Xbox. The main reason I play on Xbox is because of the ecosystem. PlayStation's cloud saves are just years behind the Xbox ecosystem. And I have not lost a save game since I... I, I joined the Xbox ecosystem with in the age of cloud. Like it, it's nice. just been so much better. And I, and I have lost PlayStation safe since um, because of stupid stuff. There's some weird uh, stuff that happens when it's like, we didn't sync yeah. right. And yeah, yeah it's, it's just, it's just not, it's not as good. And I'm, I'm one of those guys where like, I've, I've had enough heartbreak and now I'm, now I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not dating again. You know, I'm, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just having, I'm having trouble. So yeah, I, I have so many stories of this. I no, I, losing a whole hard yeah. drive is great. That's what this question was about to bring up oh, those God. feelings of sadness. Absolutely. Sometimes I'll forget I lost the save and I'll go back to play something and I'll be oh. like, Oh my God, this is one of the games that's all gone. It just, it hurts me so much, man. It it's funny. Me. My house got robbed and the thieves took my Xbox and I had a, a set of um, games on a thing and you know, you have to itemize what was stolen. And I couldn't, I couldn't remember exactly all the games that were on that sheet. And then it would just be like six months later where you're like, Oh yeah, I was playing. I should play. Oh crap. I don't, I don't own that anymore. I have to go figure out. <laughs> How to go get yeah. it? So, <laughs> did they yeah. leave your Wii U though? So, That's the real question. it was very selective. <laughs> they stole my Xbox and my Xbox games. The PlayStation Three was next to it. There were monitors uh, on on both things. No, not touched. It was the Xbox without the cords, just just the box. It was like a it was like a scalpel strike. Um, and then they took they took the rack of the entire games. Like they they just emptied it. I, I don't know. I, I didn't wow. see them do it. Hogar's <laughs> robbed by Xbots. They have money products. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean X, yeah, uh, you know, and then my my account was stolen from a FIFA backdoor uh, at some point, oh. and they couldn't restore that. Um, so you know, it's been a long and winding journey with video games. I'll say one more before I let Dan and Ains do. I and this isn't really a save progress loss, but it feels like it which is that my data was leaked through the ESA on uh, that E3 hack Me that too. happened. Yeah. And, and that was another one where like, once people can mail, send you physical mail, it opens a door to a whole like <laughs> level of hate that I didn't know existed. And uh, I've been dealing with that for like years. So people are sending you one. physical mail. Oh, death. Th I got death threats. My first IGN review, physical mail death threats. It was like, yeah, that's how I started in the industry. That was how you knew what you made it. First, what was your first review of game at IGN? My first review of a game at IGN was a game called... How am it's I forgetting right. it? It was. This is real uh, on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, it's it's. Uh, you know what's funny is if you asked me any other day, I'd remember. But I've been up for forty eight hours, so I actually can't. Uh, no worries. Name. But it was like this indie game that's kind of like a. They were trying to like do a Breath of the Wild Dark Souls game. It was like they were just trying to SEO their game into uh, being good, um, and uh, it it was it was a nightmare. I think they just gave it to me because they were like, "Hey, you're a new reviewer. Here's." Here's something that we don't care about. And, and uh, I ended up having to play through the game three times because it was so busted. I wrote my review and then I, I put it put it live. And then the publisher claimed that they gave me an old version of the game and that I sure. knew it and that I wrote a bad one. review just to be evil. And then, uh, and then they made me replay it and they were like, this is the one that works. And it was even more broken. It was like worse. <laughs> I was, it was so bad. So I had to play through this terrible game three times. Um, 
I'm going to remember its name sometime during this. Uh, you just shout out a name randomly. I'm going to. This podcast. Yeah, during, during the middle of the conversation. Yeah, we're going to. And then you guys are going to be like, oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I shockingly don't have any example that's too bad here. I mean, guys as old as us, right? Or as old as me and, and Dan and Rick. Uh, Travis a little younger. Um, but, you know, we grew up in the memory card era, right? Or the battery save era. Uh, like I stole, we joked about fantasy star. I still have my original copy over there and that has a battery in the cartridge that saved your games. And it came with a disclaimer in the book saying the battery will only last so many years. Decay of uh, logos. Remembered it. <laughs> Wasn't even that long. Yep. Decay so, of logos. Know. I've never heard of it. Decay yeah, of logos. Right. You can read it on IGN. It's not, not a good game. Anyway. <laughs> um, but like, uh, so, you know, over time your saves would just die automatically that there was no other option back in the day uh but i do remember i had one save in fantasy star so you could have three saves on that and i had all three and i started a new game to try something and i ended up saving uh or i did something where i messed up my long save deep in that game and that was heartbreaking as well kind of like you you as soon as you do it you have that sudden thought of panic like oh god did i just actually do that and then you know realization sets in and it's it's not a good time yeah no, I've accidentally deleted the wrong game before, definitely. And there were, uh, you know what, Elu just said losing passwords. What was the game? <sighs> there was a game on Sega Master System, I think, or Genesis. No, it was Genesis that required a long password. And I'm talking about like 64 letter, like characters. And it could be like letters, numbers, or characters. And so I had a sheet of just these super long passwords to try and recreate the game. Maybe it was zillion. I don't know. My memory is not serving me here. But oh, I uh, remember those. You, you never know whether you wrote an uppercase or lowercase W. Yeah. Your, zero, your zeros and your O's are a little off. Oh yeah, yep. those yeah. good times. Freaking wild, man. Wild. Yeah. I think I've lost. I know I've lost like the old PS2 cartridges, memory cards, or whatever they were. Sure. And, and oh yeah. Th that's that happened all the time. Oh, you go to your friend's house, and then all of a sudden they're gone, and you know. Sh Oh, how'd you get a nice new blue memory card, Dave? You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, okay, sure. Just you like formatted that. it, you know? Yeah, yeah, whatever. The most recent one, and it still bothers me, I played through <laughs> The Witcher 3. I mean, I did, Ooh. I had Ooh, that's a long hundreds one. and um, hundreds of hours out of it on there, and I cannot access that save game because of every time I try to, it tells me that I don't have the proper downloaded, you know, piece of DLC. I have okay. every DLC downloaded. It's just for some reason it will not let me go. That I can't start a new game plus with any of my old saves, like I wanted to, um, and I can't even just launch it and then make a new save, like a manual save, and and then start a new game plus off of that because of some kind of conflict with. Uh, the DLC, and I don't know what that is. And it, it actually it shows you, it pops up. It says, you don't have this, this, and this. Bullshit, I got all these damn things. <laughs> There's like 800 DLCs, like little wow. mini DLCs. There's a ton right. of them. And they're all on there. I went back and checked, you know, tons of times. I looked for those specific ones that it said, and it will not let me access it's not, it. So. It's not the uh, complete edition versus the normal edition problem, no. is it? No, no, it's not that's that. That's a bummer. It's, yeah, it, it, it sucks. And, and I, I don't understand why that's happened. And that one really kind of got to me because I was like, man, I, there was probably, it was close to 200 hours in that save, you know, and because that was all the DLCs that I did them all. I, I man, now I'm mad. 
<laughs> and that's what yeah. on the spot's all about. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. spot here. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go ahead and get to these super chats. Dan, sure. start uh, back yeah, up at the top for here. For what is it, Gecko Gamer? Thoughts on the new Pokemon gen? I did not know there was a new Pokemon gen. That's my Scarlet thought. Scarlet and Violet. And if those don't uh, sound the opposite or complimentary to you, they don't sound opposite or complimentary to anybody. <laughs> I can't comment here, Gecko. Uh, I think Travis may be our best suited, who is now being cut off because of our lovely uh, foreground here. Uh, <laughs> Travis, right. any thoughts on the, the new Pokemon gen? <laughs> Yeah, it looks it looks cool. I'm I'm excited for some new mons. I hope they include the whole Pokedex this time. I'm excited. I, I love Pokemon. New, new mons. New yeah. New mons. It's, I'm hip. Is that is that some new monsters? Should, should I say some new pocket monsters new for the pocket layman? Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> well, it looks like they're taking Arceus and and putting it into a, a modern uh, Gen version. So I, that Would should be a combo that, that works. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, right. Thank you very much, Gecko Gamer. Yeah, Appreciate man. that. Fat boy horror in the house. Yes, with the five pound. Is that right? Oh, yes. Travis secretly has wishes on becoming a warlord. Ha ha. Sure. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yes, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Sure. <laughs> Thank you, fat boy. Appreciate it, man. Nice. Uh, where am I at here? Where am I at? Mr. Luke. Ah, for Luke. Yay. For the $2 super chat. Ains is the breath of the wild of hosts. Hard yes. to read. This yeah. is the, the ongoing joke True. is to insert Breath of the Wild wherever I am doing a show, commenting, playing, wherever it may be. They have Breath of the Wild has to be inserted there, yeah. um, which totally apparently tells me that uh, maybe I'm doing something mediocre, just like that game. No, so, you're fantastic. Uh, I think what he's trying to tell you is that just like Breath of the Wild, you can go anywhere you want. It seems like there's a lot there, but there's really no, not. no, no. Just like Breath of the Wild, you can go anywhere you want. But you have to have enough stamina to put up with you, and that stamina bar grows the longer you you uh, you play. You know what I mean? I, I still suffer from reading that as best of the worst, so I get you know I can't. Best yeah. of the worst. I'll take that. I'll take that over Breath of the Wild. I could be the best of the worst. Let's go. You know, everybody uses that reference positively. Yeah. When I say something's like Breath of the Wild, I mean it as a compliment. Yeah, me too. I think, I think that's what, what Luke means. Yeah, In a roundabout way, maybe. I don't know. But thank you, sir. Uh, by the way, I'll just say Joe sucks. I want you to get your money's worth. Yeah. Nice. nice. That's Bomber in the house. Bomber with the $3 super chat. Uh, still fighting the FOMO with this game. Hashtag my problem. Which yeah, game? So Elden he's, Ring? he's talking about Elden Ring, yes. Uh, oh. Gotcha. Uh, our, our core group that we talk, uh, we have a kind of a big group that talks daily. And every single one of us has done nothing but talk and play and chat about Elden Ring for since it launched now. And so uh, he he not into those games, not into from games, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, he really, really is tempted. Um, so don't yeah. do it. Gosh, <laughs> it no, feels do it. The least like a from game. I mean, I yeah. I mean, Elden Ring. Dude, it's is a good entry point. Yeah, mm. it is the best entry point. We know. Yeah, we told that. Uh, just go ahead and buy it. Come on, make it happen. Uh, and uh, a super chat if I. You're not gonna let me bring this up. Oh, thank you. Random name. <laughs> super chat. Random Sweet. name with dollar ninety nine super chat with no comment. Random name. Thank you Thanks, so much. Man. I sincerely appreciate it. Uh, if you uh, if you plug that with before you actually type something you wanted to ask us, just uh, type it in the chat and I'll keep an eye out for it. Don't don't add another super chat. But thank you very much. Appreciate that. All right, guys. 
why don't we get to uh, why don't we uh, get to what we've been playing? Because uh, news this week was really light. There was hardly any kind of big gaming news. You know, really the news was continued to be Elden Ring combined with Destiny 2's raid, Gran Turismo launch. So why don't we touch on kind of all those core things? And then really our main topic today is going to be around live service games and the content delivery expectations. We got we finally got the update from Joseph Stoughton over at 343 Industries on Halo Infinite. Uh, and there's Ooh. been a lot of feedback on that, both from the Halo community and outside of it. So I have obviously I have a lot of thoughts there as well, being the Halo fanatic I am. So uh, but before we get to Halo and kind of live service, uh, why don't we start with kind of what we're talking about? And Travis, I'm going to start with you uh, if you're still awake over there, because yeah. the latest Destiny raid has been live. It went live 10 a.m. yesterday, 10 a.m. Pacific yesterday, ran through this morning. It was apparently beaten by the world's first in seven hours, you said. Yep. Um, and uh, why don't you tell us about that experience and what the community's thinking right now with Destiny? Yeah, so the Destiny raids have long been considered the best part of uh, every Destiny expansion by by a lot of the hardcore fans. Um, and it they're not played by a ton of people, especially on the first day, because they're damn hard. And on the first day, they increase the difficulty artificially by capping your power uh, 20 below the, uh, the recommended power level. So uh-huh. you go in underpowered, you get your butt kicked. It's really hard to do DPS to bosses and, and clear encounters. But it's really fun because Bungie turns it into a race. And the winning team, they get the exotic weapon that the raid drops randomly. They get it as a guaranteed drop their whole team. They get a, a, a big belt that their team gets to carry around that declares them world champs. Is that um, physical? It's a physical item. Yeah, they get physical yeah. items that they get to hang on their wall or whatever. Um, I would just wear it over my suit every day. And I will when I get a world's first one of these you days. You change your name to wearing the belt, Travis. Yeah, t- wearing the belt, <laughs> Just get rid of the tie and that's my new hashtag. That's my new Twitter handle. Uh, yeah. So it's really fun. Um, I've beaten a lot of the world first or the day one contest mode. And if you do, you get a special emblem and some other stuff for beating it the first day when it was hard. Uh, so far I have not beaten it and, uh, it, It'll be a day and 90 minutes, so I'm unlikely to make it, folks. Uh, <laughs> however, this raid was a little different because it had a ton of technical issues when it launched. Uh, the first, first four or five hours uh, was disconnecting from the server. Uh, the rally flags, which are a thing that you use to get ammo at the beginning of every encounter, weren't working. So people were kind of just stalled in lobbies. There were all these problems, and people were not happy including myself it was a huge waste of those couple of hours of time and it also kind of ruined the raids the contest situation because some teams are like competing aggressively to win where like minutes matter the two teams that won they were like four minutes apart the people that beat it after seven hours so like these raids get really heated and some teams were getting reset to the beginning of the raid multiple times that happened to me once and it happened to some streamers like three times where they were getting reset to the beginning of the the raid and and wasting like 15 minutes trying to get get caught up. So that wasn't good. But once they (laughs) fixed it, it's been um, really good so far. It's super challenging. I haven't beaten it. I'm I'm over halfway through it, but it's uh, it's uh, it really tests your build, um, how much DPS you can do and also how uh, well you can play after not having a lot of sleep. So my team ended up calling it at like, 5 a.m. and that was just because I had to do this show and I wanted to get at least two hours of sleep before crawling onto uh, the show, which I have now gotten two hours of sleep and I'm feeling great. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And uh, because of all the issues that um, that the launch had, they're actually extending the contest mode window for 48 hours instead of 24. So technically, I have until Monday at 10 a.m. to try to beat it. Uh, logistically for my health, I think I might just wait till Monday and beat it not in contest mode because I just spent 22 or something hours uh, playing uh, the raid. And, and uh, I, you know, I might hop into it a little bit today, but I'm, I've kind of resigned myself to like, I missed the window. I'm not going to put aside another 24 hour period to try and beat this thing because it doesn't feel good to spend 16 hours on the same encounter and not make any progress, you know, not beat it because that's just... Uh, it's real. it can be demoralizing. It's fun, but it can be demoralizing. And, and, uh, once the 48 hour contest window is open is over, uh, I'll be way better leveled and I'll be able to basically run through the encounter without any issues. So I'm looking forward to doing that run and kind of experiencing it at the normal level. But, uh, it's so much fun. It's some of the best, uh, experiences you can have. It's, it's a large reason of why this community has existed for as long as it did. I reviewed the original, vanilla destiny and gave it a six out of 10. And that was the kind of consensus for on, on yeah. the de original yeah. destiny game. But a month after the game launched, they, uh, they added the first raid vault of glass. And I think that changed everything. It, it made that game. Everybody knew it was something special. And I think raids have represented something that no other game or game as a service has been able to pull off in eight, eight years of destiny existing. And uh, I think that's a large part of the reason that it's lasted as long as it's lasted and, and had virtually no competition in the, in the area, at least long-term competition that didn't die after a year or two. So um, yeah, man, it, it's a ton of fun. I didn't beat it yet. I'll, I'll definitely have it beaten by Monday because I have to write my review. Uh, my review is probably going to be delayed because of the 48 hour window uh, being changed. And the fact that, uh, that there were all those technical bugs that meant I couldn't fix it or couldn't finish it. But um, yeah, it's a blast, really, really fun activity. And uh, this one's really cool. They, they, they have some great environments, great bosses. Uh, if you're a destiny player, I recommend uh, giving it a try. Maybe now, after the contest mode is over. Does the, um, do the environments and the enemies and stuff tie to the latest expansion, like tied to witch green? They do, but in a way I can't really talk about because okay. it gets into spoiler territory. But let's just say it's something very interesting that that fans have been waiting for for a long time uh, that has to do with kind of the future of Destiny and less uh -huh. with the events in uh, the expansion. But they, it does have story. It does have a cutscene once you beat it. I don't know what the cutscene is because I haven't gotten there yet. Um, but uh, it's very cool. Um, and uh, I think... Uh, Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, sorry, I was reading the content, the uh, comments. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, my brain is working at full capacity. But yeah, I, I love, I love the raid. I'm, I'm very excited to, to finish it. Probably That's awesome. tomorrow. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, random name who gave us the 199 super chat just commented. He said, "Been listening to you all over the last year. Thank you for all the support in the game community. So, thank you for that. Appreciate that, man. <clears throat> all right. So, uh, I, I don't think uh, Dan." Rick, any of you guys playing Destiny? I know Rick. Well, Rick, you did download it to play with your brother, I believe. Yeah. So I actually asked Travis about this behind closed doors over the weekend. I said, look, I hate this business model. I've, I've been pretty vocal about hating this business model. But my brother uh, is a big Destiny player, got into it, and then lightly pressured me for a series of days about playing it with him. And you told and him no because you deleted my save. Uh, yes, in the 90s. 
<laughs> no, no, I got him back because I was playing KOTOR in the room when the big reveal happened and he was waiting to play it. Oh. Uh, that wasn't Ooh. intentional. It's it's not clear that that's going to happen when it happens. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he he's held that against me for a long time. Uh, but no, so I said, look, you know, should I get this? And I wound up getting it. But I have to I have to explain myself here. I'm no raid player. Um, I, I we were playing legendary missions a little bit yesterday. I think I died 27 times in one of the rooms. I mean, I'm just I I, I can hold my own. Uh, which is a lie. No, I can't. I'm a drag on every team that I participate in. Um, but Dan's like, uh, yeah, I identify with that. Yeah, but we had sure. a good time and we eventually got through that room, at which point I called on myself a victor uh, and, and we cut it off. I, fortunately, the legendary missions now, um, I don't know if they always did this. I'm not versed enough in Destiny. Uh, saves, at the, saves at the checkpoints so you can you can exit off of a big mission and then come back. Um, oh. where you were um yeah, it's which, I, which i'm told is like a raid but i know enough I, I don't even know enough to be dangerous i don't know i it, it's completely inscrutable destiny bless its heart i got these little circles in the corner of my screen and then i can revive sometimes and i can't and so my brother's like well that's a raid mechanic you get one revived i was like but i'm the one always dying can i give mine to you he's like no <laughs> <laughs> nope. yeah. so you know, I, I was I was holding him back. I, I did note he went flying through that level when I when I left. Um, so you know, uh, I, I'm enjoying myself. So you haven't gotten through the story yet. You're kind of taking your time with no, the. No, so I so here's what happens, right? I get it. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna catch up to my brother. Um, and so I, I'm I'm gonna play basic. I'm not a crazy person. I'm gonna just go through the story. I'm gonna see what it says, and then I'll I'll go back for legendary if I want to. And I'm too, we wound up at the same mission while he's going through legendary first. And he said, just come in. It's no big deal. Uh, it'll be fine. Got it. And it was and, uh, in fact a big deal. So yeah, we're in the narrator. third mission and there there's, Oh, that's uh, the hardest one. Oh my it? God. <laughs> yeah. The third mission. That's the, the one things with, the I don't know. with the chain. Yeah. So, so they got all these things happening and I'm just all, destiny. If you're not used to it, I haven't played it in more than a year. Um, is just I, I'm looking one way. There's an explosion of fire, and I'm dead. And I, and I don't I don't know what happened. I can't hear that somebody's hurling a magical flaming sword at me. Um, and so that was that was three hours. And it sounds bad, but the reason I got it honestly is because my brother lives across the country. He worked on Destiny, so he he feels a kinship to it. He helped design the Scorn, which are back in a big way in this expansion. Um, and he was very excited about it. And to some extent, you know, family matters more than business models matters more than all this other stuff. And so I gave Bungie their blood money and I'm enjoying the product. It's just that I don't like their business model. So it's nice to get the chance to play with my brother and, and hear him to talk about design and whatnot, all while I'm screaming at him that I don't understand what's happening. And a giant flaming guy that has random moths pop out of him and orbs that you have to get in and crush. I don't fully understand. So I'm seasoned in the wrong way for destiny, but I'll catch back up. You get, you ask me again in a couple of weeks, I'll, I'll get, I'll get back on yeah. it. Um, do a, uh, we'll do a tracker of your progress over the yeah, show. Yeah. We're, we're going to get through this because anytime you can add a psychotic uh, giant ghost moth lady, you go and do it. Uh, yeah. And so that's, that's been, that's been interesting. There's, there's more characterization um, and, and little things at the throne room. The throne world is very, very cool. It's a very cool environment. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, I'm excited to get to it sometime in the future. Um, I'm just too tied up with other games right now. Uh, one of so, which... So many games. games. Elden Ring. I do mean just Elden one Ring. Game. Uh, just one really. game, really. And the 
it, when did Elden Ring come out? Last Thursday officially, right? And then 10. So it's about three weeks I've had Elden Ring, and I legitimately have not played another game. Not one. Um, haven't even logged so, on to Halo. Oh, to oh no, that's not true. I lied. Oh, I haven't logged on to Halo in three weeks. Not Ooh. lying. Um, the only, what I did play uh, the other day is Gran Turismo 7, which I wanted to touch on. Yeah. So Gran Turismo 7 is out, came out Friday. Uh, I've said before, obviously, big car guy, big kind of racing person, and was really looking forward to this game. So I, I do have a couple of hours in it, um, and then I went back to Elden Ring. But uh, <laughs> I did finish my license test. I did get through the first several. Uh, they have this, like, GT Cafe things. Um, and so, I, you know, Rick, you and I were joking about through DM about this. Um, so I'm kind of curious your thoughts. But the I'm about... I would say two and a half to three hours in. I think I'm like, I think I'm five to seven. Okay. So you, you may be a little further than me. Um, The thing I find kind of strange is that playing through this game so far, it is, it is almost to a T what Gran Turismo was at the beginning of its franchise. And what I mean by that is it's very handholdy and it, it really spends a lot of time, a lot of time introducing you to just the concept of the automobile um and and how to do very cars he loves cars he does and and (laughs) how to do the very basic things in automobiles right Uh, and that i think is it's an interesting approach that i don't think is necessarily bad because it's 25 years old now they haven't had a full uh, Gran Turismo entry in several years, a proper one, what I would say. And so the whole, you know, introduction to cars, introduction to drivetrain types and handling and braking and all that can be good for a lot of players. But I don't like that you're forced to do it. Um, sure. I- I've raced in real life. Uh, you know, I've played all these games countless times. The fact that I had to spend three hours at one point, this is not a joke, by the way, at one point being told what a compact uh Japanese car is while staring at a Honda Fit doesn't do it for me. Okay. That's not why I buy racing games. Um Grand so was its own beast. I mean I, I yeah I'm gonna talk about this because it isn't it isn't like any other racing games. That's certainly true. Yeah. So I, I it's not that I'm opposed to that and 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 so far the racing itself, especially racing in the rain feels really good. It's the nice. half the haptics are really awesome. Um so I'm really enjoying that. Um, I'm really enjoying the core racing part of it, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to get deeper into that uh, as I can pull myself away from Elden Ring by June, apparently. Um, but I, uh, I I am a little kind of annoyed so far at, <laughs> at how long it's taking me just to get to the meat of the game itself. Right, and you're underselling it, right? I mean, they, they're holding back tracks the whole time. I mean, you, you, have to, yeah. you have to go through to earn the 30 tracks that are in the main mode and everything else. So, I, so here's what I think. Uh, this is my favorite Gran Turismo in a long, long time. Um, and I think that you're exactly right, that it harkens back to me, mostly Gran Turismo 2. Like uh-huh. One, they were trying to feel out how to make this game. And then two is where they found their rhythm, in my opinion. So we're back in 1999. Um, and I think behind closed doors, this easily could have been called just Gran Turismo, like God of War style. It feels like they're rebooting the yeah, concept, like they're going back to everything that was basic about the game. I love that because I personally, subjectively, fell out with Gran Turismo at some point between two and now. And you know, I played A Spec, and I I was playing. I definitely didn't play sport, um, yeah. and and so I got in there, and I was actually I bought it, 
because it, it seemed cool, but I wasn't quite sure. I have Horizon that I love to death, and right. while, there couldn't be two more different games it, with, very much while, while driving cars. Um, and you get in there, they make you do a music track thing, and then they hit you with a nine-minute introduction video, which I swear to God, hand over heart, is like the history of the car as interposed, as interposed with what's happening in the world during the various decades they walk you through. And this is all Whoa. done without this is all done without narration. But yeah, so if you imagine you're in the you're in the 50s, it'll be like how cars are designed in the 50s and then a 50s car ad and then Elvis. Um, and then the 60s will be the same kind of thing with like then a frame of the Beatles and then the moon landing. Um, all throughout, like from whatever 1900 to 2020 he's not lying and and that that sounds awful for game design and i really want to watch that video i think it's on their youtube channel um but you can you watch this thing and it feels like oh this is like the introduction to like a really good rpg like an alternate history (laughs) rpg uh and then it goes into the trailer but it, it puts you in the right mindset because this thing is very serious about how much you should love cars um, you can go to the, the brand management station and you can go and you can look at the brands, any of the brands that they've got, and they'll have a museum of how that brand came to be again, as you can compare to what was happening in the world at that time. And then you can get a detailed description of any given car. And then you can hit a bubble that as another person pretending to be standing there next to you, telling you why you should care about this car. And I, I was talking with my daughter about this. I was showing it to her. I said, just before we watch this intro, just understand this this team, this company, this man wants you to really, really, really love cars. Like this is, this is an ode to cars. And what I love about Gran Turismo is what I love about anything where somebody's passionate about something. You can feel how much this company loves cars in every instance of this game. And that's, that's fantastic. If you can find somebody that loves something in anything, it's great to have that conversation with them. And in my opinion, it feels like you're having that conversation throughout playing Gran Turismo. And it makes me like cars much more than I do. Uh, like It's not a big deal to me. Um, but you hear all these various things and you go, oh, I guess this was an interesting way to put an engine together. Okay, fantastic. And yeah, a lot of it's light. And I agree with you entirely that it is, that they've got you in this pipeline. They are not opening up anything to you if you're not using that cafe system. Yep. Um, and I can certainly understand why that would be frustrating. There are games that do that kind of thing that actually have like an exit ramp button. I'm thinking of like visual novels and things that are otherwise very slow to open up that actually have a hit this backdoor button and you don't need all this extra stuff from us. Maybe it needs that kind of thing for a player like you. You'd say, hey, I've done all this. Just open it up and give me a tutorial screen. But I think it is so uh, all-encompassing that I think it was wise the way they did it to not overwhelm. Um, and I think that might not be for you, Ains, and it might not be these cars. Now pay attention to these. And then we're going to open up championships or rounds that have actual limitations. So you can go in and say, Hey, you got to tweak these things. But everything in this game to me has been streamlined and uh, made available to me in a way that I haven't been able to enjoy in car games before that they have a, they have a single screen, which is actually four screens that allows you to spec out your cars in all the different ways that you've bought parts for it. That's very easy. It uses all these little toggles on the menu. And when you get to a tournament entry that says, hey, you can max out at 550 PP, you can tweak all these various things on the fly. And that was fun for me in a a way that it has never been fun for me in a Gran Turismo game. And then you put that on top of a game where 
in all honesty, I think you said the core of it. It feels great. It feels mm-hmm. amazing to play. Uh, it is completely different from, I think, both Horizon and Forza in how it feels, the weightiness it gives, the emphasis on road cars uh, and things of that nature. And I am I'm having so much more fun with Gran Turismo 7 than I thought I would have when I when I hit that buy button on, on Thursday night. So I couldn't be more enthused about it. And I was not there at all when I bought it. I was like, yeah, you know, I could just go play Horizon. I own Horizon. Um, but let's give this a shot. I haven't played a Gran Turismo. I haven't bought a new Gran Turismo in at least a couple of iterations. And if you're at all interested in it, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. But understand that what Aiden says is right. Uh, they're going to hold your hand. They're going to guide you through. They're going to open up one track for you. And then you have to collect three more cars and they're going to talk to you about how their photo system works. And then they're going to open up the multiplayer bank and you have to go through all of this before you actually get to any of those things. Yeah. It's an intricately designed game um, to your point uh, from someone who is renowned in the interest industry. Yama- uh, I forget how you pronounce his last name now. Yamochi, I think. Uh, but he is just known for being overly detailed. And this game is the shining example of that. Not necessarily a bad thing, um, but just understand what you're getting into. Um, but like I said, I it is still intriguing. I, it's got me, you know, I'm going to put a lot of time into this game. And I think once it does really kind of open up for me, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fantastic. Um, but it is it is very different. You know, we, we joked about Forza Horizon 5, or not joked about it, but uh, when you start Forza Horizon 5, the first thing you do is go into this crazy, crazy intro sequence, racing out of an airplane, and, you know, it's like balls <laughs> to the wall type here. You're in our world now, and it's you do what you want to do, and this is the direct, this could not be more polar opposite. It is very just entry-level Here's the basics you need to know step-by-step introduction into every type of car, how they work, and what you should be doing in them to achieve optimal lap times, um, which is, is cool in the aspect of, to your point, people who aren't car people, people who haven't raced, who haven't done that stuff in real life. It It is a cool way for them to understand the intricacies and the detail that goes into cars and racing. So I've always loved that about Gran Turismo. So it's made me appreciate something more, which is uh, frankly, out of those kinds of games, what I'm looking for. So that, that is the best kind of outcome for me. Good. Let me get these super chats real quick. Uh, We're about 10 minutes behind on them. Apologies. You're on mute, Dan. I knew it. I was just testing you. Uh, (laughs) With a $5 super chat, I concur. Hogue, most gaming for me is social with friends and my brothers besides the indies I play. Yeah. I, my brother knew once he asked the question, I was going to fold. It was just a matter of days. <laughs> and then Travis just helped me. That's all. I was like, Travis, tell me it's okay to buy it. Hey, I told you I, I would not have normally endorsed it in the past, but which Queen's <laughs> real good. So, <laughs> Tal, thank you so much. Uh, Pompa in the house, $10 Pompa, super chat. $10 super chat. <clears throat> GT cares about its family. and Nothing is more important than family. Insert Travis, Fast and Furious talk. <laughs> Fast and Furious is uh, God's gift to the world, and Jason Momoa is going to be joining in the damn new Damn it, Papa. Yeah, give me your $10 back, but I got to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Momoa is joining the Fast and Furious, is he? Yes, uh, yeah. Is, is, it, as Aquaman, it's just going to go full superhero? I know. It's a crossover. 
<laughs> definitely not. Well. But yeah, I would be surprised. I would be surprised if there yeah. wasn't a reference to Aquaman, or maybe 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 the Khaleesi Game of Thrones thing. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, see, I consider his entire presence in Dune as an Aquaman joke, right? Because where would Aquaman sure. be weakest? A rat desert. Yeah, sure, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and we got another super chat from uh, from Eric as well. Yeah, thank you, man. Is a 279 Canadian. Which queen? Yep. I can't even talk. Which queen rules? Star Scourge Radon drools. I don't even know what the heck that's that means. Ring. Does Destiny use the phrase yeah. Star Scourge, or is that a Final Fantasy? Oh, that's, uh, it's that's Elden Ring. Oh, well, so yeah. Yeah. No okay. Idea. So the first time I heard Star Scourge, it was Final Fantasy 15. I thought it was a Transformer. <laughs> that's Starscream. Yeah, I'm way off. <laughs> Brother Star Scourge. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for the appreciate it. Um, yeah, those are fun. That, that's Gran Turismo. Um, Dan, you playing anything interesting? You've been quiet through uh, the the Destiny talk and the Gran Turismo no. talk. I think you're good. I have nothing. I finished Horizon. Okay, am, how was that? It was good. It was fun. It was like it, it, it's a lot deeper than I thought it would be. Like with the builds and stuff. I, at at yeah. the end, I was playing on normal difficulty. I could one or two shot like the big thunder jaws, you know, I basically would freeze them and then throw a spear at them and they would die. I mean, I, I had, I had it to that point where I had built with the armors and the, the mods and all that stuff where it was just disgusting. And that's great. And there's several different ways you can do it. The traps, I think, which I would never normally use are highly underrated and disgusting. They OP and it's, it's a fun game. The story, it's a little out there. Um, I'm one trophy away from the plat, and I refuse to get it because that stupid strike game that you can sit down. I didn't even know it existed through for half of the game. Apparently, there's a mini game. You take you this down. back, Dan. You've said yeah, some stuff was... on this stream, but you take machine strike. I didn't... <laughs> machine strike. I didn't even know it existed. I had no idea until like I accidentally like I, I saw. I looked at an icon. I was like, "What is this icon? I gotta go check this out." Yeah, it's like a square. It's a terrible yeah. icon. Yeah, and, then, and yeah, it's a little thing that you know you sit down with little mini figures of whatever the the machines are, and you can fight against each other. You have to only you only have to win two. Imagine and, a chessboard. It's like yeah. a chessboard. Yeah, and it's got like different levels, like you know, or different terrains, and each thing. Like I don't have time to learn all that. I guess I could go in and like just defeat two people. That would probably Machine be pretty strike easy. Strike is fun. Yeah. No. But I wanted to comment on you saying the story was out there because Horizon is the secret Mass Effect sequel that you never knew uh, you wanted. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West goes absolutely crazy yes, with its it lore. Um, and I'm all in for it, but it's going to turn some people off because it is wacky. 100% it will. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 gone. Yeah, I mean, it went hey, from like... Ains, are you saying I, something? No, I'm... <laughs> Uh, and I've, I've heard a lot of people say the story in Horizon didn't land well with them. Forbidden West, that is. Forbidden West. I'm enjoying the story in Horizon Forbidden West uh, I, much more than Zero Dawn. But it is. I, I am too. It is yeah. out there. But yeah, I mean, they, they they took some leaps, you know, and I was just like, what is going Like Like all the stuff in like Zero Dawn, and I think I can talk about this stuff because it's been out there for a while. But like all the 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 holographic, you know messaging and, and and all those kind of things and explaining what happened to the earth before you know everything happened that was really awesome and I, and i love that kind of stuff you know because it was it was kind of interactive you know this one's a little bit more interactive i wish um 
like like you know you could go in the, in, in her zero dawn and, and and scan the little things and they would bring like an audio log up right yeah and, you would listen to, and that was cool this one's a lot less audio loggy <laughs> and more texty and i i'm not a huge fan of that i would rather have somebody just tell me and not have me have to read it so but there's a lot a lot of they love their lore. Their their yeah. their there's character descriptions are almost codex esque. I'm telling you, th this is a Mass Effect sequel in all but name. They do yeah. so much stuff from that series. It's 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 real. I, I mean, I I enjoyed it. I really did. And and like I said, I, I played. I got tons of stuff. I mean, there's this comes a point to where I'm I'm afraid it's going to be one of those games where like there's no new game plus like uh, Zero Dawn had, um, which I understand because it would be in, insane. There I think that was a patch add-on. I think that was a patch add-on to Zero Dawn. There is not a new game plus. No, there's not. I mean, there's there's certain things that. This is my biggest problem with the game is is the 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 pacing that you unlock things, um, and and to where like there, there's stuff in the beginning of the map where I can't access it till almost the end of the game, the main story. So the way I played it was I went through, I did as much, I got every single side mission done. I did every single errand. I did every single arena event and melee pit and all that other stuff. Also, melee combat, somehow better and way worse than the first one. Not sure how they pulled that off, but the combos that you have to pull off in, in, in some of those melee pits, it's like, yeah, press R1 three times, pause, press R1 again, then hold down R2 then do that. I'm like, what in the hell? It took me it's a fighting it's, game. Yeah, no, it's dial a combo. It is. Yep. Oh, it's so oh, bad. Okay. It's like yeah. that. Okay. I didn't know. It's not great. And, and, you know, and eventually I got through all those things. And, and I don't know, man. Like, there's, there's, I'm such, I'm so like right in the middle on it. Like, I love the, that it was Horizon and I love the characters. Um, I think there's some underused characters for sure. I think they could have done a better job incorporating those characters um, because it kind of starts off like, I'm this loner Aloy. And, you know, I'm, I figured, oh, this would be a lesson in, you know, bringing, you know, leaning on people and, and, you know, having your friends help you out and stuff like that. And it really kind of washes that away about half through the game. And you're just like, yeah, mm. like she's so self-important to herself like and i thought it would be like a really the good... only one who can save the world yeah she has, she has a lot of quotes that are i'm the only one yeah yeah, yeah. and it's just only like, it's like yeah, listen you've got all these other people and then you know then then it, it's very i don't know so it's in your face it. rather than being contextual yeah it's, uh, it's not like you, you, oh. can, you, you can see where it's going right and yeah. and you're just like yeah okay that that's fine then all of a sudden you can't see anything and you're like what the hell is happening here mm. gorilla what are you doing? This is insane. And, and I actually the, said that. Yeah. By the time you get to the end, <laughs> you're just like, I don't even know what happened. I don't even know what happened in the last like six, seven missions of the game. Oh, I'm not but, there yet. So yeah, I, I've the got robotic that shark. There's now. a point where it just goes even farther, man. It's you can just, tell that like, they're 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 readying the roller coaster. I I will I, yes. I will say I was not expecting where I'm at. I'm 35 hours in, 40 hours in Horizon Forbidden West. And uh, I was not expecting that they were going to go quite as, let's just say, sci-fi fantasy uh, as as they wound up doing. Obviously, ro world of robot dinosaurs and things, but there's a certain level that Zero Dawn was hitting of like, here's how this could actually happen. 
And Forbidden West is like, nah, bro, get ready. <laughs> yeah, nice. it really does. I, I, I always thought that they were that, so it makes sense. I... Yeah, and, and that's where they go to. And that that's Good. that's absolutely where they go to. But it was I Horizon Forbidden West will be in my top five, I think, barring a catastrophic failure at the end of the day. Uh, because it's just or so better games. It's so yeah, hey, you know what? That's, that's really our great. uh reason as well. Um, but yeah. I, now I'm interested in getting the last six or seven missions, Dan. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm very uh, anxious to play it. I just like I love it. I love it today. Um, but it, it, oh, I did too. the way you guys describe it, the way you guys described it last week or two weeks ago when we talked about it, it 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 sounds so polar opposite to Elden Ring. It's going to be a very weird transition. It is for it's me. Extremely polar opposite yeah. in terms of. I will tell you this. After did playing nerf. Elden Ring for 25 hours or whatever, I went back to play some Horizon, and I, I think I said this to Travis. I, I it felt like I pulled the weights off of the the batting practice because even what was hard in Horizon after after kind of tuning your craft at Elden Ring for a while, it's like, oh, this game this game isn't hard. We can, we can roll. Yeah. Let's go. Nice. Yeah, well, yeah. What I learned by playing Horizon, he trained though. in ten times gravity. Now he's ready to fight. <laughs> you you, you need those you know, those, those very specific combos, like I was talking about, you know, I cannot hit them. And I don't know if it's the game's fault or it's my fault. It's probably a combination of both, but like, I know just playing that and how like somebody like you guys would come over and be like, Oh yeah, this is easy. I just finished it. They're not great. Dan. they're they're not great with their timing anyway. I mean, it's not, they're not melee is not why you go to the party at horizon. Yeah. There was one, (laughs) there's just a, it's there's a melee pit where you go basically in each one has like a guy that you have to defeat but there's three little things before that challenges that you have to pull off and it's just doing certain combos you get like two minutes to do it sounds super simple i was on one for almost an hour one part of the challenge because i could not figure out i had to actually i ended up looking it up that there is a it doesn't tell you this well you press r1 three times like you know you're hit 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 and then you wait the pause there is a little glimmer at the end of your spear that you have to hit the next R1 when that hit, you know, like a very specific, there was no reference to this during the, you know, telling you how to do it. Are they like time events? I'm I'm not understanding what, what you guys are talking about fighting mechanics. Yeah, it's not a quick time event. It's not like a quick quick time. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's the R1 is your basic hit. Like your light attack. It's light attack, light attack, light attack, pause. Is what it says on the screen. Go, Light attack, and yeah, and then the, your, your your spear goes ping or something like. That. I had no it's idea. Pretty common was... in like beat 'em up games, though. Yeah, so. okay, okay. Well, it's yeah. Like a timing combo Not that I don't ever play. You've played Sifu. <laughs> You'll be fine. No, yeah, I, yeah. You guys will be great at it. You guys are gonna be like, "This is what is Dan talking about?" No, but, no, but what they would say if if Ains had played this, he would say, "Well, the timing is a little erratic there. The windows aren't clear. You're getting hit while you do it. It's it's not it's not Sifu." It's not. It's not where they make their bread. Okay. <laughs> it's, no. it's not. Yeah, no. It's not great. But it's. It, but it's still better than the first, melee. You know, the first one's melee combat. Yeah, it has more thought behind it. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot more. Yeah. I'm glad you're making it through the game. I will say, if I, when I beat Horizon Forbidden West, if the final line of the game isn't this, I'll be very disappointed. I hope it ends with Aloy saying, I "Already saved the world. Guess I'll add this one to my stash." <laughs> That's what I hope it meant. 
I'm not going to spoil it for you, but you really nailed it there, Travis. Yes! <laughs> Didn't they update it this week? It actually said that they, they did. They removed dialogue. some of that. They they heard me complaining on this show, Hilarious. and they removed some of the That's the reach that 10,000 yeah. subscribers can get 10, you. 20,000, they'll hear us even better. So yeah. There it is. Fat Boy Horror. Half Moon Slash. It's a nightmare. <laughs> it is 100% a nightmare. It's the worst. Oh but then you God. have to, then you have the, the real, the key to that whole combo was it was the things that came after it that you had to do like that. I finally got down the things you do after it. They say, okay, press this, but it's a nightmare. I'm just going to say it's a nightmare because you cannot, they, they, they tie them together, but they don't tell you that they tie them together. Like your last R1, your last light attack we were is talking actually about this tied to the other one. combo for so long. I'm, I'm just that. telling you, man, this combo. Very, this is the experience he had with the melee pits, and Machine Strike wasn't good enough for him. Machine Can strike you believe this? Bored the hell out of me. I was just like, what in the hell is this? This is terrible. But <laughs> yeah, I, 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 was, I was this on the run show? Game. We talk about the R1 attack combo for R1 attack combos. Half Moon Slash. Thank you, Fat Boy Horror. Speaking of strategy games. A fantastic one came out this yeah. week. Before you do that, let me get these super chats. I've been holding them. One second. One second. One second. One second. We got Cerebral Paul with two back-to-back super chats related to Dan. So right. we can Perfect. $5 super chat. Dan, uh, getting being wrong, getting done early today. Starscream. Oh, I mean, I, I know Starscream. I thought maybe he was like another Transformer. You know? <laughs> That's the joke. These are the bits yeah. from the bit cast. Well, I missed Dan last week, but it saved me five bucks. But I do. <laughs> Speaking He's of which, I saw you on NLG, uh, Paul. I, I did. I watched the show with you on there. It was a good show. Talked about accessibility and El- an Elden Ring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a good show, man. Appreciate it, Paul. Thanks so much. All right. Triangle strategy. That's what Triangle I, strategy. I wanted to mention. Get to it, Rick. Triangle strategy is the latest from the Octopath Traveler team. You probably would recognize any of these games by just the way they look. Um, and it is... I, originally, I thought it was an ode to Final Fantasy Tactics, but it's very clearly not. So Final Fantasy Tactics has a number of things going on with it, and it including most prominently a jump system that you're constantly bringing in randoms and, and doing various things with the jobs that you get and upgrading there. This is not that. Um, this is a lot closer to something I'm going to, you know, use things that maybe people haven't thought about in a long time or maybe have never heard of. It's a lot closer to an ogre battle tactics kind nice. of feel. Uh, and in that, or, or if you prefer the Sega side of things, maybe a shining force uh, that is that is much more linear and you've got the people that are doing the specific things. Um, but in that, it is going with the kind of Ivalice Final Fantasy Tactics, political intrigue kind of story. Now, I'm eight and a half hours in. And when I tell you that this game is a slow burn, you are not thinking about it slowly enough. Okay, so it's eight and a half hours in. We've basically had the conflict start, give or take, at at this point in the game, because um, they spend a lot of time telling you about these three kingdoms, triangle strategy, not very lyrical, but very specific, and talking to you about the various people that are in them and giving you a feel for what it is that they do, how they might conflict with you in the future, teaching you about your own team, et cetera, et cetera. And the tactics portion of the game is very, very effective. It is, however, very streamlined. So it isn't like you have to think about things quite as hard as you had to back in those Final Fantasy Tactics days, maybe even three houses, uh, depending on where you come into the tactics strategy conversation. But what it does have is very, very strong narration and very, very strong world building. Um, So 
there was a game, I think it was a couple of years ago. It might've been last year. The years blend together at this point uh, called 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. You guys hear of this at all? Yeah, I've heard of that game. I never played it, but I, I remember it. So 13 Sentinels was a game that had a strategy component and then it had story components. The story components were probably 90% of the game. And for the most part, they were like a visual novel. The best way to think about triangle strategy is that you've got a kind of Game of Thrones, Ivalice, Final Fantasy Tactics, visual novel that it's a great time to eat a piece of pizza with or otherwise enjoy yourself and watch. Uh, and then occasionally you're going to be battling these things. And so the actual ratios here are maybe not going to be to everybody's liking. I would say that at best they're 50-50, but in all reality, it's probably 70% storytelling uh, against 30% tactic tactical fighting. And that might change as the game goes on as they get all of their foundation laid. Um, but it is uh, a, a great team of people that you meet. It's a great team of people that you've got on the other sides of these various things. And it's big trick, ostensibly, is that you're going to have choices in the game. They're going to switch you off into various side paths, various endings, uh, and actually influence the way the story is told in a significant way. I will tell you, eight and a half hours in, chapter six, uh, we had one choice it clearly isn't significant in terms of the overall plot. It has um, a map that shows you the various choices and you can see it uh, branch down to what you picked and then back up to the main line, uh, which, you know, you could just, you could have gone the other direction. Um, but if it actually fulfills all those, the battles are fun. They are, um, like I said, they're streamlined. So they're pretty quick uh, in terms of your thought process. They're not pretty quick in terms of how they're actually played, uh, but it's got great music. It's got great graphics. It's got great characters. It's got great world building. Um, and I'm still seemingly eons away from being able to tell you if it's a good plot and story. Uh, but for right now, eight and a half hours, probably up to 10, um, it's setting up the pieces and I'm enjoying every minute of it. But I will tell you from experience, uh, having played a lot of games with my daughters, as you've heard me say in this space, it's the one game right now where I say, I'm going to play triangle and they say, okay, we're out. We're going to go find something else. Um, so you got to know what you're getting into going in. Uh, and uh, I'll report on it later, but the, the first eight hours is effectively the prologue. Okay. So uh, Nick's in the chat is playing it. He said uh, he's enjoying it. He's on chapter three. It feels like a nice buildup of what's possible to come further you go. Yep. This is on the Switch? Yeah, yes. Only? Yes. Yeah. And it'll be everywhere. I mean, they, they moved Octopath everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I'll wait on that one. Yeah, I, it was what I was definitely interested in, and I, I want to try. This is making me a little less interested, if I'm being honest, but I'm I'm still interested. It depends on how much you get into the world building. It is very good. Um, I'm individual novels, so I want to. I want. It's see got that, that feel to it. It, it yeah, does. Cool. You, you hit the you hit the right trigger button to have it, so you don't have to click through. And literally, I had my whole lunch yesterday during a scene. I mean, like that was nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying sure. to get uh, Ains bit by visual novels. I don't think he has a ton of experience with it, but I'm I'm trying to start with Ace Attorney because I feel like that's a good gateway drug. I'll I'll get him to play. Well, Ace, Ace Attorney's a game. I mean, like if you really want to take it in, you know, the visual novel arena, Ace Attorney is a game as compared to what you can really do in that genre. I mean, if you're talking about black. the the ones where you literally do nothing except for read, mm -hmm. because I would say those are kind of a subgenre of visual novels. But like, because Danganronpa is a visual novel, right? But that's also a game. I wouldn't say Danganronpa is. I would say it's an escape room game with very long narrative elements. <laughs> I, I I can't get behind that definition. I think I think you're like, like, you like House of Fata Morgana, right? Which I really enjoy. Is is literally hit the button, sit back, and and watch and read. 
Yeah, but that doesn't mean that all visual novels have to be only reading. No, I'm not no saying that they all do, but I think that then if you're talking about subgenres, you got them in the wrong order. Visual novel is reading heavy narrative, picture book stuff mostly. And then if you want to strap a game on it, that's a subgenre of the visual novel. I think Ace Attorney is a kind of visual novel, but it has a lot more game elements and logic elements than um, than just sitting back and reading. So, you know, if you're if you're playing Steins Gate or House of Fata Morgana, you have to know going in that you're not going to be doing a whole lot. Steins Gate uh, has game game in it, though. Eh. I've played that one. You've got to, You've got to solve stuff. Yeah. Let me just yeah. say, neither of you are selling me. That, that's the thing. That's the thing, Ains. Is like, do you like reading? Is the question I'm asking you. Well, when really you put in that much time and volume, you can tell the, some of the best stories in gaming as as stories. Sure. Um, but yeah, you don't know going in. I mean, you have to. A, a visual novel that is poorly written or has a bad story is like probably the maximal waste of time that you can actually engage in. So True. it's a, it's a tricky proposition. True. Yeah, Elizabeth Young in the chat says, and uh, good morning, Elizabeth, if you're a new viewer, she says the vast majority of visual novels are reading and making choices. Yeah, there you go. They're, they're like choose your own adventure books. Yeah, um, which is but, cool. I can get behind that. Cool. I, yeah, if you, if you can get behind that. But some of them are, some of them take away the choice. Some of them, you straight up don't make any decisions and you just straight up read. Like you just click a button or you click the auto play button and it just it scrolls text yeah, you get it. that timing right and you just sit some back. some people question if those are even video games and that's like a whole you could you could really dive in deep on this one because i talked to a lot of people sure. about visual novels but uh yeah I, I um i i actually really appreciate the genre when it's done well and for me i think there needs to be some game element because i want to feel like i earned the next chapter rather than sort of waited for it i i don't tend to enjoy the ones that are just i'll just read a book right books do that better i don't think there's a lot of games that tell the yeah. best stories that and there's some anything. standouts though right like so yeah. one of my favorite story experiences in games ever was nine 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 which was a ds game uh which was the start of the nonary games series i think i got that all right um and that's that's a, that's another escape room game Rampa is like similar to it Rampa has got the ace attorney kind of feel to it in various parts too they reference ace attorney in that game too what can yeah. you do yeah yep. i i, I, I had a little trouble getting past the space bear uh but um playing it's not, that, it's not that good I, I think that's overhyped the Rampa series <laughs> well i love the nonary games which are which are in 999, they took the na the nature of a visual novel and the game that you're playing and the, the system that you're playing it on, um, and they interacted with it in a way that only that kind of scenario could do. Uh, so it's not just a book. It is something different. And that's that's been my favorite experience with them at all. Yeah. Um, but getting on a tangent, triangle <laughs> strategy. Further, you mean? <laughs> triangle, triangle strategy. I, no, I guess I'm taking us back. We're tangenting back. Uh, much like the map of choices in triangle strategy. Uh, we're going back to the main plot line and uh, it has very long scenes of just uh, like getting cut scenes given to you. Then it also has exploration scenes where you're just talking around the world building and talking around villages. And then it has the actual um, strategy. Uh, so it, it's, it's gonna depend on how much you are willing to just have them just immerse sure. themselves in the world that they're, they're giving you. And I can tell you the world building's good. I can't tell you that the story is going to be great uh, at the end of the day. So much of what makes Final Fantasy Tactics special is that its story is, at the end of the day, fantastic and goes places that you would never, ever expect when, when you start up that game. Yeah. So I don't know. Fair enough. 
Fair enough. Pompa says for easy mode, I think the genre is right up Dan's alley. I would sure. be crying in about an hour. Yeah, just he doesn't. I, I don't. Read. He doesn't strike me as a big reader, and also no. his eyes don't work. <laughs> and so, well, almost no. all of Triangle Strategy is voice acted, with the exception of the exploration True. games. It is all voice acted, and you, you just. You, you that's actually button. pretty cool because a lot of those games in that in that vein are are not. So that's actually yeah. No, it's a lot of voice acting. It's just like Octopath Traveler in that regard. Insofar as uh, you have a lot of voice acting, it's always struck me as unusual in a way that I really like, especially with Octopath, but also with Triangle Strategy, which is the little the little Final Fantasy VI characters speaking with yeah. little voices. It's Human crazy. voices, yeah, it's crazy. Can you, <laughs> you, does it have Japanese dub or is it all English spoken? I honestly can, can't tell you that I checked. Uh, I believe I read in a review that it did, but I don't want to commit to that because I didn't look for it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Fair enough. Well, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one I want to check out. I just, uh, this time right now, like like I said, Elden Ring is took a, taken over my life and seemingly many others way more than I think anyone ever would have imagined. And then I've still got to play Horizon, which is apparently a huge game, right? I'm playing Horizon. Yeah, so there's just way too much. I've got to play Destiny eventually. Got to do Destiny eventually. I've got codes for other games to review that have released um, <laughs> that I haven't touched. There's just, yeah, there's an awful lot right now. So uh, one quick question, nice. another super chat from Gecko Gamer here. Yeah, would 13 Sentinels be a good showcase of the visual novels for the five euro super, super chat? So 13 Sentinels is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and it tells one of my favorite stories of the year it came out, which I can't identify because that's the kind of year it's been. Uh, but uh, it is it is one of my favorites. Uh, it is absolutely a fantastic game. It's a great showcase for what the genre can do. And it's not a visual novel. It has the feel of a visual novel, but you're actually walking your character around scenes and you're deciding where to go in order to advance the story those are all kind of deterministic. So figuring out where to go is going to trigger the next scene, which is why I put it in the visual novel category. Uh, but it has a little bit more interactivity than that. And certainly the strategy element um, is, is, it's just a video game. I mean, it's, it's a, it's essentially like a mission, a missile command uh, against uh, robots that are invading Tokyo or are they? Um, and so there's a lot going on in 13 Sentinels. I would say that it probably has two dozen twists. And the real beauty of it is, like Octopath Traveler, it has the 13 characters telling their 13 stories um, simultaneously. Uh, and the way it's presented is you get to various places in the character story and you'll get a twist. And then you'll get to the next character and they'll twist on that twist. And so if you like kind of feeling like an Outer Limits or a Twilight Zone uh, at, while you play these things, it is absolutely brilliantly done. And I can pretty much guarantee you, you have no idea where it's going or where it will end. Hmm. What uh, what platforms is that on? I think it's on everything. I played it on the PlayStation. I believe it's coming to Switch this spring, and then I think it's everywhere else. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it's a great one. I think it was on it was on my top ten list for I think twenty twenty. Awesome. I'm non-committal about these things. Two years. <laughs> yeah, Gecko, thank you for the uh, super chats today. Really appreciate it. Um, so hopefully that gives you some context. Sweet. All right, guys, why don't we talk about kind of what we had as our main topic we've been talking about currently playing for a while but really about the challenge of uh live service delivery and i i wanted to talk about that this week because we received the uh roadmap or roadmap light of where halo infinite is going from joseph stodden now this was apparent uh, originally supposed to be given to fans a few weeks ago they delayed it said let us get things in order 
and it came out yesterday. So um, we can kind of talk about Halo, but I also want to talk about then transition to a larger conversation of the challenges of live service delivery, uh, because obviously Destiny is a, a prime example here over the eight years that it's been out now. Uh, we've got games like Apex Legends that, you know, have done well in some areas, struggled in others. Fortnite's a great example. But let me talk through what Halo kind of, um, or Halo, what 343 put forth yesterday about Halo Infinite. So if you weren't already aware, Halo Infinite's original season was supposed to be three months. And it was supposed to, original plan was to launch with campaign co-op. And we've had that conversation around campaign co-op being delayed, Forge being delayed. And then they extended the first season to six months rather than three. So they were already kind of behind the eight ball of uh, what their original plan was. So they came out yesterday and said, okay, here's our update. They've got a, a new small event coming next week called Tactical Ops. These are those kind of free 10-level battle passes with new armor and stuff. Very light, you know, additions, but still cool. Season 2 is going to start on May 3rd, as planned. It's titled Lone Wolves. Uh, I think this sounds actually really cool, because one of the things they're doing in Halo Infinite is tying actual real characters into the multiplayer lore, which I think is quite neat if you're a Halo fan. So they have a couple new Spartans they introduced yesterday. They said, as you dive into Season 2 story, a mix of cinematics, story-themed events, battle pass items, and more will embody the Lone Wolves theme. So that's coming May 3rd. There will be playlist updates, new modes, free events, and a couple new maps. Dope. So that's that's awesome, right? That's good. Um, now they didn't. The way it's worded is weird. So they 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 showed one new arena map and they showed one new big team map. And one of the questions right away that me and many other Halo fans asked was, okay, is first of all, is season two three months or six months? They didn't say. Uh, and second of all, are these the only two maps, or are these two of the maps that are coming? We don't know. Uh, if it's the only two maps, I think that's kind of a problem. If it's two of more, we'll see. Um, they then came out and said that uh, here, here's where things went a little haywire with the, the hardcore community. So Forge is currently being tested, which is good. It's out there. Some people who are kind of close to 343 and, and do Forge heavily are already uh, experimenting with it. But they said it's coming now with Season 3 with no date. So, again, we don't know when Season 3 starts right now. And that automatically means that we're not seeing Forge until late this year, if late this year. Right? Yeah. So, it's, it's a long ways out. Uh, then they also then said that Campaign Co-op, which is something a lot of people have been waiting for, that was supposed to launch with Season 2, is not going to launch with Season 2. That it will come with season two at some point during that time frame, but it's not launching on May 3rd. And so this is kind of a mixed bag, right? The multiplayer updates sound cool. Uh, new modes, events, armors, all that, all that's good stuff. Um, but obviously they're kind of behind the curve with their internal development for key uh, additions or modes to this game. And it feels like, you know, to many people that this is a team that uh, was stretched to the very limit to get this game out in December. And now they're playing catch up, right? They, they kind of had their break. They're, one thing Joseph Staten said at the start of this update was that they're, they've been a little slower here at the beginning to get the team in a good cadence, to get them in a good health and mindset so they can go faster in the future. And that's probably 100% true. Um, and it's, it's, you know, probably a positive thing, I would assume. But 
that doesn't do much for the fans and, and for the promises they made prior, right? Uh, and so I wanted to get from you guys. I, I, I know, obviously, Travis, you know, big Halo fan as well. Um, I, I think it's fair to say no one has as much time as I do in this game. My amount played of Halo Infinite already is like near 300 hours since launch. I mean, it's absurd. Wow. Yeah. So I've played a ton of this. And so I, I was kind of mixed on this personally. Um, I was, okay, there's some good things here, but you're, you're not really kind of, um, you're not uh, gaining confidence or adding confidence in your ability to consistently deliver content at a proper what would be considered a proper cadence uh yeah. for a live game and so i think that's causing a lot of concern in the community right now yeah so my perspective is a little different here because um while you do have more hours in halo infinite than i do i certainly have more hours than this entire panel put together when it comes to games as a service game sure. i mean that's that's been that's been the majority of my coverage for ign and the people that i know it's all games as a service stuff right and so these uh these problems that they're talking about are a, I don't think an actual problem, and b are incredibly mild considering uh, what is the the status quo for games as a service, especially new ones. So just giving a little context there, every single game as a service that has ever launched has had an extremely long gap between the first uh, vanilla release and when they actually come out with new content, with very few exceptions. And the people who do rush out content early. They their content isn't good because it's just it's half baked. It, it like clearly they were just trying to like keep the ball rolling, um, and it and it just ends up disappointing. Destiny did that with vanilla, and it lately the the solution to that problem in the games as a service industry has been okay. Let's just do longer gaps and let our community kind of exist in waves, right? And so you have this roller coaster where there's lows where people are just kind of like not really playing your game. And then there's highs where lots of people are playing it. And destiny is a great example of that. Destiny had, I think 60,000 concurrent players the week before Witch queen came out. It was very low. And that's, that wasn't uh, atypical. I mean, that was, that was, it was like that for like three or four months in this game. And then the Witch queen came out, they had a million pre-orders and now their concurrent players are like 800,000. And so this is this doesn't people the dialogue online has been really annoying to me because people are looking at Halo and going, oh, th this game launched half baked. I saw Neo post this, which I wanted to tweet I at know. him. And, I, I, I wanted was... I wanted I wanted to tweet at him and get into a big fight about this because he's super wrong about this issue. He he, <laughs> he, he 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 very much was showing that he doesn't know games as a service at all, and I was just like, all right, cool. Well, that like there you go, right? So, <laughs> that, 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 sorry, that was Neo. Neo Neo was Neo was saying this. Um. And it's it's just like this isn't this doesn't mean the game is dead or that it was launched half baked. It just means that they knew what type of game they were making. You don't wait until your entire game is there and launch it. It's impractical and it means your game will never come out. You 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 get as much as you can out there and then you set the expectation with the community that it will live long beyond its launch date and then you you give that content whenever you can. But, but it's okay if not everyone is playing Halo Infinite every day of the week. It's not that's not normal for games as a service and, and it, you shouldn't expect it. No team can create that type of content on a weekly cadence. It just doesn't happen. Even the best games as a service, it doesn't happen. So, I mean, for, Fortnite had one map for like a year and a half, two years, right? Like it's, this is just the way it works. And so um, I, I just, I think people are being a little, 
um, quick to jump the gun and especially people who don't play games as a service and they think of Halo as just like Halo 4, Halo 5, it's the next in the series. And it just isn't that. It's a, it's a diff, they're stepping into a different genre and this genre operates differently and it's okay if they take time to, to release this content. That's, that's sort of what you sign up for when you get a game as a service for better or for worse. And if you don't like that, then maybe games as a service aren't for you, but that, but that, that they made it very clear that that's what they're building with Halo Infinite. So I, I, I think this is blown out of proportion and uh, Halo is going to be fine. They're going to release content and everybody's going to play it and they're going to be talking about it for a little while. And then guess what? It'll die again while they go and build new stuff. This is just how it works. Yeah. So, so there's a, a lot of good comments already and I will absolutely, please put your comments in. Uh, I absolutely will read them out and kind of give perspectives here. Uh, I know Rick Rick is chomping at the bit right now, uh, and I know you you commented on uh, on Twitter as well about um, you know about Halo Infinite's update. So please, what are your thoughts, Rick? Well, I think Mr. Travis is using <laughs> games as a service or live service games or what have you as a bit of a shield wall to prevent actual criticism of the product that was putting forth by 343 for people to spend their hard-earned American dollars and other jurisdictions' dollars on. So I think the people that say it was it was released half-baked are looking at it as a product that released without co-op, which was promised before they announced the delay. And uh, also promised with, that it wasn't going to be in the game before it released as sure. well. Sure. They, they had a yeah. hell of a time getting this game out, didn't they, Travis? They promised that it was going to be there and then also promised it wasn't going to be there before people spent their money. So, right. you know. Right. Yeah. I'm not, this, I'm not this accusing was, them of false advertising. I'm crystal accusing them. clear messaging. Good. <laughs> I'm accusing them of putting a game out there that wasn't remotely close to complete. I don't know. I, no so, game me, is complete when it's a game as a service. Okay. That's... So, yeah. And so if you can use that, then they don't have to sell you anything that's of the value that you might otherwise expect. It'll get better down the line. And and look, Halo Infinite, I want to announce my tilt here for folks that don't know me or don't know that I was talking about this. I was not impressed by Infinite. I found the campaign to be wanting. I found it to go nowhere. I found it to have a story that wasn't fulfilling. I thought that they solved primarily an issue with open world Halo design that hopefully will get filled with better content in the future. But for my $60 that used to buy me, by the way, a multiplayer that updated and had armors and things like that. And yes, it's free now, but it's monetized all to hell and doesn't come with the campaign that I otherwise want to buy. I think the value proposition is significantly lowered. And I think framing a multiplayer service as well as an open world game as a live service game only is doing a disservice to the legacy of Halo as a brand right? Halo Infinite should stand on its own for its $60, and then you can enhance it from there. It does. I would argue that it doesn't. Okay. I would argue that it doesn't, and it doesn't include things that you are used to if you're a Halo player. How in the hell is co-op not in? How in the hell is that not one of your priorities? How do you get it so wrong that you can't release it at the start of the season that you told me you would release it on? You don't have a date for me now, and you're going to be looking at a year on from actually putting the game out there. You say it's not finished. I say it wasn't close. And you can't just accept them releasing whatever the hell they want and saying we're going to patch it later. This is how you get worse and worse games coming out on release day. That 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 is, that is fair, but you would have to think that Halo Infinite was bad on release day, which almost no one I know did. You're like the first person I've met that thinks that it was bad. Like its Metacritic score is very high. It was received, its campaign was received very well. I loved its campaign. Its he multiplayer was received very well. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was really good. And okay. I, and I, and I think, you know, the co-op stuff obviously is, is unfortunate, but it, it it doesn't 
they launched Halo Infinite saying, this is what we have. And everybody said it's really good. And now they're talking about making it better. And so I, I don't, I think you can obviously look at it as a, as a, the sky is falling, game development's getting worse because of this sort of thing. But I, I think it's done the opposite. Games as a service have pushed games forward. Games that normally would have died you know, on, on release date are now getting a second life. And some of them are transforming the industry. Uh, Destiny is a great example of that. I mean, it, th that game never would have survived if it didn't have a chance to grow beyond what it was. Uh, and I think fans of that game are happy that they stuck with it. Obviously, you have bad examples. They stuck with it for a sequelized game. They had to buy in again. But but after, they also the fixed their game. first game. Their first game still. Like, the Taken King uh, overhauled a lot of uh, stuff that was broken with it. That game had more than three years of life. Uh, and they were... Two of those years were really good. Well, let me, Two and a half. Destiny yeah. marketed itself as a games as a service from the start. Get Destiny didn't have the that. weight of a legacy of a legacy brand that is supposed to be the keystone for Microsoft. So did, so did Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite announced itself as having a plan of, of broader ambitions, but I don't know that that kind of messaging gets out to the people that actually make Halo popular. Right? You talk about the people that watch the Bitcast. You talk about the people that read IGN. That is a fraction of a fraction of the people that play the big keystone games of these companies. And when you've got Halo Infinite out there trying to do something different, and I think largely failing, and we could talk about why I think Halo Infinite was graded on a curve at some point, but part of that is the disaster of 343. I think that you are looking at a game series that isn't holding up its end of the bargain for what that kind of product should be. And now you don't have dates again. I really think you're underselling the fact that that corporate messaging of this statement was absolutely garbage. They can't even tell you when to expect what they promised to you. It's, it's really disconcerting to me as a guy that's looking at a Microsoft company that is going to have 30 some odd plus developers under its belt that they don't know how to manage the messaging or the functionality of their main game. Master Chief is Xbox. And so I'm looking at now them running ZeniMax, running Activision Blizzard and saying, I'm not sure that Microsoft is up to it in any capacity. And if you wanna be pessimistic about that, I think you have the right to, because Halo has been in various forms of undress throughout 343's ownership of the property. Sure, oh. and people people have and and will be as pessimistic as possible because it's the internet. But now wait a I minute. Think, no, I, I, think, I think I think doing so is, I, I think doing so is a is a is a is a very uh, um, harmful way to look at the industry. I think that it is uh, also harmful to the logistics of making games, which is incredibly hard. And I think that making more promises that maybe they don't fill. This is a lesson the games as a service industry has learned fifty times that when you make a promise and then you can't meet it because game development is hard, that people get more mad. So you just have to be honest with them and say, hey, look, we don't know when this is going to happen. And Bungie used to do that. They used to have a, a, uh, a destiny roadmap with dates for different stuff. And as soon as they got off the roadmap, the community would be up in arms, like what the heck? And they were just like, hey, look, we're going to stop doing roadmaps because we learned this the hard way that not everything you want to do happens and it's really hard to keep making these promises and moving the dates around. So you, everybody has the right to be whatever mad you want to be. But I, I think it, it, it shows a, a, a colossal misunderstanding of game development today and how games as a service work. And I think it, you kind of have to 
be looking for a way to be mad about this at, at the end of the day because I they, really the, don't feel strongly about Halo Infinite as a product at all. I feel strongly about that's clear. I mean, that's clear, and, and you have a right to do that. But, but it, it, I, th I think it's separate from the point of like, of you know, is is games as a service? Does this make sense in a game of service model? Can't I'm, just looking, I'm looking games at games of service and say, hey, the consumers, they should just be happy with whatever gruel is deigned to be fed upon them. No, I, I'm looking at I'm looking at 343 and saying, are they being a good ambassador of a games as a service game? And you come and up I, with and, I, and, I, yes. and, and I see them I see them looking at other games and learning from them just based on their messaging and the things they're doing. Like they clearly have been looking and listening and are like, all right, we're gonna do things the right way based on all the stuff that's happened in the past. So just, just looking at that way, I, I think they're, they're not stupid and they're they're They have a plan here. And I, I, I just, I don't know. I, you cannot like Halo, obviously. And clearly you're not, you're not a fan, uh, but that that's a, uh, I'm a fan of the Halos one through three. I think three, four, three has been a terrible steward. I think you're looking at messaging that if you were to actually, instead of having the Halo brand name on there, see crystal dynamics Avengers, you would see it for what it is which is a delay tactic no, without specifics and not in a direction that anybody should be terribly thrilled about. What come on, thing is, you, you can't, you can't say that. I'm, I'm, I you talk, you're talking to, fun a, with you're talking to a guy who you're talking to a guy who has spent seven years of his life playing a game that he gives a sixes and sevens to. I do not I, have I can't help your over. psychological situation. <laughs> what I can tell you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I see games for what they are, regardless of how much I'm a fan of them. I'm a critic. It's my fucking job to do that. So like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting halo on a pedestal. I'm saying that, you know, you, you can, you can like a game, and still realize it has faults. And Halo Infinite has lots of faults. But I think people are overreacting to the fact that it's a games as a service model, and this is how it works. This is how so, games as a service works. So let me let me interject here because trust me, I know you guys can go on, keep going for a while. There's a lot of comments here, and I think we've touched on something that obviously a lot of people have opinions on because within the span of three comments, we got one person saying pre-choke. Followed by someone cut Hoag's mic. He sounds insane. So we've we've That's got the, the same comments I get in virtual legality. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we've the funny thing is, is I can see points from both of you. And again, diehard, you know, everyone knows me as a diehard Halo fanatic, and I've had a lot of discussions with all the other people I play Halo with about these updates. Um, so I, I honestly, I think Hoag, you're too far over here. I think Travis is a little too far over here. Um, but th there's there's aspects here to both. So I would say a couple things, and I, let me pull up some of these comments because they do tie to what we're talking about. So John uh, was kind of supporting Hoag's viewpoint here and just saying, Travis, these are core features that are missing. I'd rather have been delayed and released without core features. And what he's referring to, Travis, is what most of the people are complaining about here, which is campaign co-op and forge. And basically yeah. their, their viewpoint is, okay, we get the roadmap for the multiplayer suite. But campaign co-op and Forge should have been there in the, the product launch. I, but the the, I, the problem I have with that argument is there's just too much of a history of those things not being there. Like Forge wasn't in Halo 5 Guardians for the first year. Uh, Halo 5 um, split screen co-op was never in the game. Like, the, you know what I mean? Like their models just changed too much where I'm like, well, they told you it wasn't going to be there at the beginning. I, I, I just 
I have problems with that argument, but I get why fans are upset and they have a right to be, of course they do. And for the record, being upset about your game is also a staple of the games as a service industry. So this is, this is also just things working as, as intended more or less. Well, and the other thing I I remind people, right, is if if you're not really close to Halo's development currently, like the forge that is being created right now is brand new from scratch. And it's, it's being considered literally like a game development system. Like it is so complex from the early things we've seen that obviously the, the the amount of testing and development that goes into it it's far beyond just saying like well halo 3 had forge so halo infinite should have forge and it, well it's a very different environment uh, and engine and breadth of what's being delivered with halo infinite's forge versus halo 3 it's not a one-to-one um of course hogue will say it's not his problem that they're having that, technical and I, yeah, I mean that's prepping that and that, oh, and but, I and I and I agree with that, Hogue. I agree with the, that it's not the fans' problem, but yeah, that's fair too. Now, one thing I want to touch on, which is completely off off this topic, is to Rick's point because I was just having this discussion last night. Is there's a lot of people, and and Rick, you sound like you may fall in this camp of Bungie was a better steward for Halo, and Halo one to three were great, and you couldn't be further from the truth with nostalgia goggles if you tried. Um, literally Halo 2's debut video at E3, the content they showed, didn't even make it into the game. It was cut. Oh, I know. I, I was about uh, bees. Hey, man, I, I, I get you how Halo 2 was marketed. Well, but Halo I, game Halo 2 was better than Halo 4, 5, and now it's infinite. Well, yeah, and that's a personal preference. But what I'm saying is, is that people forget how many mistakes Bungie made, how many things were cut from those games, how many things were promised that were never delivered. I'm the last um, person on earth to give Bungie uh, any kind of uh, redress no, here. Again, my point is people look at like the Bungie era of Halo as this perfect, this game was awesome. It always launched complete. It was great. Again. And that's, that's literally not what happened. I mean, that's just not factual. I, well, I think you're, you're, you're combating a hoag-shaped straw man on that. I would never give, <laughs> say that about Bungie. I, I would say that the games that, that released were significantly more impactful, classic, and, and designed better than what 343 has added to the world. That's a personal preference. Well, I mean, all, everything yeah, we say on this spitcast is a personal yeah. preference. No, but yeah. you're just saying it's more complete. What, what does that mean? I mean, against the Travers games. I think they're better games. I think they suffered less. Okay, so you want to talk about marketing and running those kinds of things. I think 343 has had many more very public-facing tire fires than Bungie had at the time while it was releasing the Halo series. Uh, I would just say the industry had less uh, less uh, awareness of it. Bungie Agreed. has had a long history of forums, tire fires. Place was going to burn did, down. It was yeah, that's, Bungie, that's, do you think that's, Bungie that's, ever released something in the state that the Master Chief Collection was released in? Uh, I don't think many things have been released as poorly. As yeah, that. but, that, but, but I mean, but I mean, a tire fire was practically the Bungie uh, company crest. For I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they was, so much each problem. released. I thought Bungie was going to burn to the ground like you could not have seen more negative commentary about a company and a game than when Halo Reach released in my time. Bar none. It was pretty bad. It was Terrible. Pretty bad. And Halo Reach is a, is a game most people enjoy, I would say. It was, now, a, it, was now, a, it was a it was a Bungie yeah. Halo game, yeah. Now now lots of people love it, but they yeah, hated it. Now, loadouts, loadouts in Halo. What the yeah, yeah. armor lock. Yeah. Uh, Look, I've been following Bungie since at least the marathon days, so I, I I've I've watched them do various things, and I'm not a fan of. Th- We've talked at length about how much I hate what Bungie's doing with Destiny, so I am not the kind of guy that gives Bungie itself some kind of Halo or pedestal to put it on. I'm just merely pointing out 
And the reason I made the tweet yesterday was not even really about Halo. It was about the fact that, as we've talked about in this space, Phil Spencer et al. are going into a new world order with what they're going to have to try to manage yeah. and yeah. decide whether they're going to take a light hand, a strong hand, or whatever kind of hand you want to describe with these developers. And I don't think that Halo Infinite, anybody could describe as a, as a successful pathway of the use of resources from when 343 started through its release of the first reveal trailer or whatever you want to call it at, was it a special function or E3 when Craig showed up uh, and, and everybody had a field day with how Halo that Infinite was a, was? That was a COVID virtual show. It was a special virtual. Xbox event, yeah. right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I am mm. not here to simply blast people. But what I am here to say is that we should expect more. And the things I hear from Travis are the kinds of things I hear as apologia for, oh, developers have it so hard, making software is hard. I tell you what, making movies isn't easy. Making enterprise software isn't easy. Drafting legal documents isn't easy. I still expect to get value from what I pay for when those things are out the door. And yes, Bungie Vault stuff. And they say they have these technical issues. 343 says, hey, we're releasing a brand new Forge. We're going to do these various things with co-op, which I honestly believe is just a technical issue for an open world. I don't know that they will ever solve it. So we'll see if that actually comes out in a vision that we can get, we can use in co-op and infinite. But that is not fundamentally, as Travis has already foretold, the consumer's problem. They're 60 bucks, they're 70 bucks, they're 100 bucks. They're buying the, you know, the Witch Queen Super Edition is to get the value that has been prescribed. And I think we are, as a gaming group, starting to apologize for developers, starting to apologize for crunch or time or difficulties making software in a way that is very much not to the benefit of the players of the games in the industry. I I just, I can't, I can't get on board with that argument because I, on, on one, on one hand, yes, like making false promises and not delivering the full game that was promised is one thing, but there's a very fine line between that and player entitlement on what they're going to get in the future for free. Right. And when you bought Halo Infinite, you understood that there was not going to be co-op in it or Forge at launch because they told you like people knew that that was a thing. Right. And then and then they tell you they're going to build on it and add all the stuff for free content and multiplayer and then the campaign. And then when it doesn't get on time, players get mad. So there's a difference. I, I just it's not the same. You, you can't compare a movie which never changes and has, you know, it can be a bad movie. And then you go, well, that movie was bad to a game like No Man's Sky, where people bought for $60 and it was straight up filled with lies on what was in the game. And then over time, they kind of fixed it. There's there's, there's just such, there's so much nuance here that I feel like you're simplifying it down to, oh, they didn't deliver the product that they promised and, and that's wrong, which well, is, add is not true. I'll add nuance to it because I think these apologies contribute to this environment, which is it's that I didn't buy Halo. It, Hang on. Yeah. I didn't buy Halo Infinite. I got it on Game Pass. So you're adding on to this a world in which subscription services are taking over. That's the world Microsoft would have you see. And then what that demands of developers and what they're willing to put on that product in order to get content, in order to get substance, to get retained viewers and subscribers in the door is a part of this kind of downward slide and what our expectations are. So we've got a situation now where Halo was released, in my opinion, Everything is subjective here and elsewhere that I say in an incomplete state. And the fix for that has been delayed and delayed because the revenue models don't quite match up when you're not actually buying in at your first gate price. 
So I, I think that you've got a situation where a whole bunch of things are combining to create this downward pressure on the actual release date version of games. I do. I So there's two things, two points there, Rick. Um, one, we, we do have to be clear. This is Halo Infinite is kind of a unique beast, right? Because the multiplayer suite is free, right? For everyone. And then you've got this Halo campaign, which was $60 or Game Pass, to your point. Um, and so people can look at the campaign delivery as, is this worth my $60? Is this considered content complete separately from multiplayer? So we do obviously have to make that designation. But uh, to your to your point, Rick, I, I, I forget the words you just used there, but you said something to the effect of um, development costs impacting the delivery. If I heard well, you correctly. We don't have a, a close enough tie, right? It used to be pretty easy. We sell the copies of the games, and then those games make the certain revenue. We can start allocating budget, figuring out what makes sense for release, et cetera, et cetera. Game Pass offers essentially an open portal to put whatever, whatever you want on there with the promise that it will change it. We'll fix it in post, as they might say in movie land, right? And, and I think you are seeing certain pressures on that. I think Halo Infinite is one of the biggest that we've seen it in. Okay. so That's, you, that's so, crazy to me. Yeah, I, I don't see how you can play Halo Infinite and think that they released an incomplete game that like. I don't. Know. I mean, I think that's all you have to do just, is watch the story to know that that campaign isn't. My God, dude! It's just a, it's an it's part of a story. That doesn't mean that it's incomplete. If you if you go and see it's Star part Wars, of something, but that doesn't mean it's incomplete. Okay, so if you go see Star Wars: A New Hope and you're like, "What? This didn't contain Empire or Return of the Jedi." It's an incomplete experience because it wasn't the whole trilogy. It's part of a story. That's how you know ongoing sagas work. You don't get the whole sagas. Thing. Yeah, it's a saga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First of all, you picked a bad example because the new hub's pretty self-contained, but I know you know that. Yeah. So that that's totally fine. Well, um, I was expecting Empire and Return, Hogue. I was expecting it. And you said so, you'd give it to me. So yeah, I mean the, the promise None of, of those things happened, Travis. Your metaphor is going way off kilter. You know, <laughs> I, I'm just saying I'm saying of course I'm saying it doesn't make sense. That's the to point. Travis, to Travis, point infinite was sold as a, an ongoing development same way with destiny right when you played to your point travis when you played vanilla destiny you knew uh, well that story pretty much sucked originally yeah for sure but, not awful yeah but you know that that did you feel know, like an incomplete game and and also they made promises that were not in it but i just don't feel like halo comes anywhere near that no, just because i've been in this industry for so long games as a service specifically that i i know like that what are, that your expectations really, have been sufficiently lowered in order that's to not true at all i just I understand it's not true at all i just know that that games are they say the messaging was it's expected to grow here's what we have graded on what we have and the response to that was we love what you have largely you're you're obviously an exception to it it's I, not I a no man's sky situation where like literally it was like you lied to us this game is terrible nothing you said was going to be in it is in it and now you're fixing it in post those two things are so far from each other i don't think any reasonable person could say that they're they're even close to being similar yeah the question you guys are trying to solve is did the halo infinite campaign deliver a 60 dollar experience for itself even with the promise of it being part of a larger tale that's to be told over time. And in my opinion, and to Travis's point, and, and this is not to team up on you, Rick, but to Travis's point, I think, I think it's, no, I think it's, I think it's pretty clear, at least not universally, of course, nothing's universal, but I think on a large scale, most people agree that this campaign was pretty stellar. It has high review scores across the board. We did Halo roundtables with a lot of Halo fans. Most, I would argue, Knowing the Halo community like I do, I would say the majority, at least the majority of Halo fans really enjoyed Infinite for its campaign. Now, if you don't feel that way, that's fine. But I, I don't think it takes away from 
I don't think that means that Infinite. No, didn't no I, deliver, I fully believe that Halo product. Infinite. Was, I believe that Halo Infinite was graded on the curve that you were that that most folks were expecting it to be a tire fire based on the year that they had had presenting it. I, I honestly do believe that, and I think it, that history will prove me right on that for this particular game. But it'll take a little while. Uh, but in all honesty, it's not just Halo. I think Travis and, and I are are, are going to have to agree to disagree at the end of this. But I legitimately do hear the same kind of lowering of expectations that have permeated the industry at a mass level with respect to Halo and other products like this. I'm just not going to go there. I, I expect you to release a product that I find to be polished and finished. And I don't think Halo Infinite was that, but I don't think a whole host of games are that. I could drag in a whole bunch of them because I think that's the direction the industry is headed. So, and uh, often using the shield that this is just the way it is now. We don't want to crunch, so we'll give you a half Hogue, game. We have just found common ground, Hogue. Because I agree with you 100% that sometimes the games as a service model and the fact that games get updates is used as a shield for bad quality. I think the the argument that Agreed. Halo Infinite gets anywhere near that is absurd to me. Agreed. Absurd, uh, which is why which is why I'm so hard on this thing because I have played the bad ones, Hogue. I reviewed Crossfire. I, I review the games that come out bad. And guess what? When they do, I say this game is shit. And then it goes... <laughs> It gets labeled with a three forever. And no matter what updates they do, it gets that grade and it's just that grade forever. No Man's Sky will always have that that pock on on it on its Metacritic score because it, it released so poorly. So oh, I yeah. guess I, I've seen the bad examples and I think it's really hard to look at Halo Infinite as it's just public reception and say this was released in a state and it's, and it's indicative of this thing. Yes, you're right, actually, that games are increasingly being released unfinished and that, but but I just think that the the free market is finding those guys pretty quickly and slapping bad reviews on them, and people are not buying those games because I, there are I a few exceptions. I legitimately think the Halo release was designed almost scalpel like precision to confuse the, the the legacy media reviews on this stuff. I mean, the multiplayer being pulled out and made free, which was once a part of the product that you bought for sixty dollars, and it's because it's free can now monetize it itself within an inch of its life. Is is not how those value propositions. It's all cosmetic stuff. I don't. I don't even really get the the, but like well, I, again, a, I reviewed Crossfire X with pay to win microtransactions. It's also the, the way of multiplayer industry. It's how your multiplayer games are delivered today. I mean, that's how they survive. Yeah. They die if you put them behind a gate. I mean, just Battlefield is a perfect example. But I mean, you're exactly. justifying it because that's the way things are done. And that's not what the Halo package was. Again, I think the argument here sure. is different for a company that has a legacy of a brand that 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 had oh. something that was something and then separating it out and doing whatever the modern microtransactions. But now you're saying you'd rather Halo have been a $60 release that included multiplayer with map packs to come in the future? I mean, I, no I'd rather have it be something that represented a value proposition that looked at all like its purchase price to me. I mean, whatever that <laughs> looks like, I'm not in the I'm not in the development business, right? You figure it out to make it worthwhile for my time. I think they did figure it out, and the market responded. I think that's where they, the, you know. I don't I'm think saying? the market responded to Halo Infinite. I think Game Pass responded to Halo Infinite. That's part of this story. I mean, it, I I don't think that matters actually. I mean, unless you care about Microsoft's finances, I don't care at all. I don't own stock in them, you know. But no, I like just don't that, think that you can quite say that. I don't think that it means as much for Forza Horizon Five to have. 18 million players in the first month when comparing it to the previous Horizon, 
Forza Horizon. We'll go with that name in the future sometime. And other games in, in gaming. I, there's going to be a mass disconnect between the sure. kinds of things that Microsoft is reporting and, and using those as advertising. And they're brilliant. I think I Microsoft's agree. Game Pass product is brilliant and they're going the right direction with finding a way for them to succeed in this industry. But the things that say, oh, well, Halo's this popular or Horizon's this popular things, it all gets confused with, you know, the minute somebody watches Red Notice on Netflix now, because that doesn't mean that it would have made $600 million yeah, so in the opening I, weekend. Of the I, I agree that that is true. And it's not apples to apples to the copy sold of Halo 4, et cetera. But I right. also think it doesn't matter at all. I mean, would you say that Apex isn't a huge success just because it's free? And sure, lots of people who wouldn't have played it, played it because it's free. This is how you get people in the door and then you make your money through cosmetics that who cares, right? Who cares if somebody has like a green tunic on, on their Master Chief character, you know? It, it's like, that. that's the way, that's the model now. The model is to get people to play your game at any cost, lowering barriers to do that. And if your game is popular, that is significant because they could be spending their time playing other games that are also free. People yeah, that aren't playing Apex. Yeah, people I, that I'm aren't playing sure Apex and are so playing Halo to yield that on our biggest brands. I, I, engagement being the king of all things is fine, but I don't think that we can just say, well, this Halo should be accepted because that's the way things are done now. I, I agree. And I, I uh, once again, I, I don't think that Halo like meets that bar at all. And, you know, it's just... Yeah, I think it's it, our only disconnect. Where I think, honestly, the four of us probably agree on a lot of the points being made here about game delivery, games releasing unfinished, games as a service, everything. I think that the one main disconnect we're having here, it sounds like, is that, uh, Rick, you feel that Halo Infinite didn't deliver a $60 contained experience for, for what it launched as. And I think Travis and I are saying it did. And I think that's that's probably fundamentally where we differ. Probably. That's fair. Uh, and Although, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I, I just, yeah, once again, my my experience with the games as a service industry is like just... I, I, I can't find my way to kind of... I can't help I, I but hear that argument as I've lowered my expectations so far that more is acceptable to me. <laughs> no, I, I, not, I, hear it that I was way. trying to move us forward and know, you brought us right back. It's not, it is not lowered expectation. It's it's really just... yeah. Would you know if it was? I would. And I, I could make the same argument that I think that you are out of touch because you don't... You, I get that you, all the time. You haven't evolved <laughs> to this level of really understanding how the industry works. And, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that to you. I but I, I do evolve in the direction you have evolved travis <laughs> yeah i oh, uh, and I, I yeah that's a that's a very old man screaming at clouds thing to say but this it, has it, been one of our best that is an, that is yet. that is a fair that it's is a not fair me it's argument, the children right? who are wrong i keep saying this all right and every yeah. and every old generation before you would agree <laughs> they would agree oh so i've got this has been great guys uh by the way uh yeah. chat is popping off we've we've literally got where was it Back to back, we got Travis for the win, and then I'm with Hogue on this back to back. So, uh, oh, but super chats that came in, and sorry guys, chat kind of started going, so uh, these are a bit old, but let's get to them real quick. Oh, thanks, Paul. Uh, the five dollar super chat, Dan, you're off the hook. Rick missing a lot of aspects. <laughs> I know I can't really understand them. There's something about fragments and void powers now, I don't fully get it, but I'm gonna get there. Yeah. You have to buy them from a core. It's really stupid. You do? Okay. Yes. See, just go to her and spend you glimmer. Don't worry and then... about it, Cerebral Paul. Yeah. Paul, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the super chat. Uh, oh, Michael man. Patton. Michael Patton with a $10 super chat. That is the worst argument I've ever heard from Hogue, respectfully. <laughs> <laughs> Travis is the voice of reason and 100% right. Halo Infinite is not Halo 6. It is something entirely Granted. else. 
Destiny Gambit slash, or I'm sorry. Christian. Michael Patton is my alt account, by the way. That's my $10. <laughs> yeah. Michael, thank you Thanks, very much. Man. Michael uh, left us a very, um, he also left us a very nice comment uh, the other day on uh, on one of our videos, uh, basically about, you know, the conversations we're having and the, uh, the type of podcast we are. So thank you very much, Michael. Appreciate the super chat. Appreciate the feedback and uh, appreciate the support. So thank yeah, you very man. much. Um, and I think we kind of touched on that, right? It's kind of what we were saying is that Halo Infinite, it is, it is whether you like it or not, it is a completely different model of game delivery than Halos of the past or, or even games of the past. And that, that kind of changes things for right or wrong, which we've covered. Gecko Gamer again back in the house. Yeah, man. This is crazy. The five euros. I will say that players have all the rights to be as entitled as they damn well please. And I agree. I don't think they've ever had a problem with that. No. <laughs> <laughs> very true gecko thanks to you for the super chat today yeah, really man. really free um yeah he's i mean he's not wrong i mean gamers will set the expectations they personally have and, and they should that's healthy just to be fair i mean it, it is healthy. yeah well, entitled and, is used as a swear word right it's used it as an ad hominem and it, it shouldn't be because there's something that they were entitled to i mean we obviously can all agree on the baseline a functional code something that puts a menu screen up on your playstation we're, you're entitled to that for your 60 bucks uh um, battlefield do that yeah there, there you go you're entitled to a scoreboard that says things um and, and so yeah i i think that it's easy to say over entitled um and and put everybody else in a camp that's that's bratty school children that want more than they can give but i i'm just not inclined to give too much purchase to excuse making for deficits that i find in games outside of halo Let's just separate out from the love or non-love of Halo. I, I think that there are plenty of places where um, criticism and critique is warranted of, of what these game companies are doing. And right now, they're using corporate messaging and labels like um, games as a service or live services or patches or things or promises of those lines. And now what we're seeing, I'm going to be honest with you here, uh, now what we're seeing with Halo and other games, Halo is not the only one to do this, is a general understanding that there is some usefulness, there's some utility to saying, well, we didn't deliver this or we're taking more time or we're doing something else because we're so worried about the mental health of our developers or we want to avoid crunch or these kinds of things. Some of which is undoubtedly true, some of which is not. Some of which is being used as a very useful way to tell people that they're not going to get what they thought they were going to get. And here's something that it's very difficult to fight against on social media or in other avenues because you can take the high ground and the other folks will look like assholes. Yeah. Uh, and so I think you're seeing that more and more. I would expect to see it more and more and more because it's a very useful mechanism for these developers. And some will be used by bad actors. I'm not saying 343 is a bad actor on this, but for some sure. will be. And I think it's worth noting because we have seen it gain a lot of traction because of the way the games industry is covered. But the beautiful thing about criticism is it doesn't care how big your studio is or how well rested <laughs> they are. If it's a bad game, it gets a bad score. If it's a good game, it gets a good score. And players judge games the same way they don't think about the studio when they when they decide if it's bad or good so i i could see how they could use it as a shield publicly and fine you know whatever but they do specifically for delays very for, often for delays, delays as well but it but it doesn't make their game good and so i i just i i think there is a natural check on that which is that gamers do not suffer fools usually they are pretty on uh you know on on the gun when it comes to calling people out and and aggressively not liking things. I would say probably too much, but this is a guy who's received death threats. So <laughs> that is um, too much folks. Too much. If you're <laughs> sending me, sure. and, and actually this story has a happy ending, which is the guy who sent me death threats. 
uh, I saw him. Um, he was he was Not so adamant. Friends? He was so adamant that this guy that this game was going to be great. He sent me a bunch of DMs online as well before the mail. Um, and after a month after later, when the game came out, I saw him sending death threats to the developers for how bad their game was. Oh, so he switched. He switched. Aww, what a nice guy. He's, he's wanting so to kill nice. people. That's, that's an interesting. That's an interesting yeah. happy ending. Yeah, it is an interesting <laughs> like happy really dark ending. Episode the, of Black it's Mirror. very dark, but yeah. he just want apparently he just wants to kill everyone that he is currently not happy with. So I honestly um, don't know how you put up with that kind of stuff, Travis. You, I can assure you, you're not gonna get a death threat from me. It's against my bar ethics rules. <laughs> <laughs> and I, By I, the way, I wouldn't uh, expect it. Yeah. I miss uh, Nick saying we need an ace attorney objection. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I think I'll be. I think I'll be playing Ace Attorney later today. Well, well, let me ask you. I mean, you you just sitting okay. here and listening to this was was fantastic. But <laughs> you know, I'm kind of on both sides. Halo Infinite, the model that it used, anyway, I, I thought was comparatively amazing. You know, only because we've seen a lot of these uh, other games as a service come out and they're just complete trash, or they they're they're on, you know, they're not really filled, I guess, at, at launch. And I guess that's what they are. But then you, you, you look, I mean, just even recently, you know, Babylon's Fall just released. It's a game as a yep. service. It looks like it's getting lit up. Um, you know, I, I couldn't even get into the game, you know, let alone, you know. What, what you want to do is release a poorly optimized game that right. looks like a game when Elden Ring is out. That's that's how you succeed as a company right there. 100%. I mean, you, you've got, and what, at what point do these companies look at, all of these other examples, if this is where the, the industry is going, you, you've seen successes in games like Fortnite and Apex to a certain extent, you know, and, and then you look at games that have completely fell on their face, Outriders, which yeah. I argue I, I enjoyed, but, you know, or Anthem, same thing. Anthem. You know, it's, 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 here's what not to do. Here's what you can do. It's never going to be that perfect, you know, I, I think game. You, you're just never going to get it. Um, I, I didn't play any Halo multiplayer, so I couldn't tell you a whole lot about it. But it seemed like the community, from what I've seen, was pretty happy with it. Um, campaign for me, I mean, that's kind of a different story. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, it's I hate it. I hate all games as a service. I mean, I'm not really a huge fan of them. Like, I loved Anthem, but then it just stopped. And there was no content. And then it just, you know, I, I thought they had really good mechanics. I thought they had you know, an interesting story that they could really expound upon. They just never did. And they just decided, yeah, we're done. And and that was really kind of disappointing for me. So I've been kind of jaded since then. And, Division and 2 was probably a good one, don't you think? Division 2, like? yeah. Because right, they came out. But that also, I think, kind of like I'm saying. It out of steam, though. It had the same thing it, happen. It did. But it also came out on the heels of one of the worst games as a service, Anthem, you know, releasing right before it. So it's like, oh, this is way better than that. Just look at this. You know, so you, you're always comparing all these games to each other, you know, and 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 it's it's just timing and and hitting when the when the you know striking when it's hot. You know, that's that's what you have to do, I think, with these servers. And I've said that a hundred times before. You know, there, there's a gamers have a very small, you know, period of of, of how much interest they're going to show in a game, and you really got to give them that reason to stay there and 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 and. Because there's so much competition, you know, and, and the next new thing could come out tomorrow and just completely surprise you. Like, oh, hey, well, you know, but I don't know, man. Halo seemed like it succeeded where a lot of these other ones failed. That being said, these other ones 
failed so spectacularly that it's kind of hard to measure, you know, how successful it was because I didn't really play it. But well, I would just say, sorry, Dan, give me single player games and then I'm good. <laughs> well, I was going to say, we mentioned Apex a couple times there. And funny enough, I went back and looked this morning because I know that I, I played quite a bit of Apex when it launched. I fell off of it. And then I went, I wanted to go back and look and say, okay, what was their cadence? You know, because I can't remember how Respawn Pretty did. long. Yeah. And, and basically what I found was they did three month seasons as well, but very little content between seasons. Uh, in fact, you know, a couple of their seasons, especially early on, were like, okay, here's one new character and a gun. Um, and it's like, okay, that's what you're going to get for six months of time. And yeah. yet, you know, we, we sit here um, and Apex is one of the most uh, um, successful games on the market. What they say? 30 million plus players. It continues to thrive. And I think they, they too have gotten better with Cadence. There's multiple maps now, ton of characters, and they kind of ramped up to that. Um, so I'm hoping that's what we see out of Halo Infinite multiplayer. And it feels like that's where they're trying to get to. Uh, but then you have other ones like Battlefield uh 2042 to your point rick it, it launches a full priced product which obviously brings with it the expectations of camp uh it didn't even have a campaign right it's a 60 dollars multiplayer experience that fundamentally was broken and they came out this week because people were not happy with the update they gave a few weeks ago rightfully so because they basically said nothing they came out this week and said we want to redesign the map layouts the number of players per map the engagements, I mean, you're talking about fundamental game design they want to change. And they, quote, from the article, quote, said it will take a substantial amount of time to do yeah. so. So, yeah, it's kind of like the Anthem 2.0 announcement. That, just, Pretty that much. just goes to show, though, that, like, the model doesn't protect the game from being bad or good. Like, it can be a $60 game up front that's supposed to be polished on day one, and it can be bad, and it can be games as a service that's supposed to be built over time, and it can be great at day one. I just think... You know, it's 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 up to people to kind of to decide what model that they want to produce content or enjoy it. And I don't I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer, but I, th I feel like people aren't really mad at Halo Infinite as a game or what it's delivered so far. They're mad at the model and the cadence. And I just think their expectations aren't really in line with what we've seen as like the norm for the industry in terms of how long it takes to make content, uh, you know, what you can expect in terms of timeline shifting. Cause that just happens all the time in the industry, stuff like that. That's like normal to me, everything three, four, three said sounded like, Oh yeah, that's normal games as a service stuff. This is like what happens when you're trying to set yourself up and Hey, this is why Sony bought Bungie. They want to understand how to do this because Bungie has figured it out. They have a separate teams working on different types of content drops in tandem and like releasing it and they've they've figured it out over seven years and sony wants that so this is going to be a big part of the industry and uh I, I i don't think the model itself is bad or good it's just different and there's room for both to be successful and both yeah. can be good and both can be terrible yeah and i think rick you have a valid point as well and in, in thinking of the bigger picture here which is um you know let let let's Let's assume that you're disappointed with uh, Halo Infinite's delivery as a consumer right now, right? And 343's managing of the Halo franchise. Uh, I think your concern pointed out around, okay, you know, we're looking at a situation where Xbox leadership now manages a huge, you know, a, a range of uh, massive IPs that are in this space. Not only Halo, but you're talking about Gears of War, you're talking about Call of Duty, you're talking about all these other things coming down the line. And, and if if you feel that they're not managing Halo well, what does that outlook look like for potentially all these other franchises and, and does change need to occur? So I, I could I could see the concern there as well. 
Well, I mean, they're going to control some of the biggest brands in gaming. Yes. And the notion that this is a good thing is premised around Microsoft being a good publisher that can get things out the door at a relatively good clip that are high quality and that satisfy consumers. And I've said this throughout as these acquisitions have happened. I, I think it's, it's well and good that Microsoft is spending money in the industry. I think that's a good thing overall. But not even Phil Spencer, if he were sitting here with a truth serum, could tell you that he can promise that they are set up and that their management is ready to run 30 sub-odd developers. Anything but a sure that's thing. Fair. Anything but a sure yeah. thing. And I think that 343 and Playground and, and some of the stuff they've done already, evidence is that they would really like to take a light hand. They'd really like to take an autonomous approach to development. And I've said before that with 34 developers, that's going to work for some and it's not going to work for others. And how this actually gets realized is part of the interesting bit of the story. Um, so I, I have my issues with Halo, uh, in particular the campaign, which I don't view as a live service as presented like, like Travis does. Um, but reasonable minds can differ on that as they always can. I think regardless of how you feel about Halo, it's going to be an adventure to see what Microsoft does and bureaucracies fail at adding, <laughs> at adding fewer additional components than what Microsoft has just done in the last two years. Yeah, yeah I, right. I agree with that 100%. And I've also, it seems like Microsoft has only shown us the carrot so far. And with Activision, you know, there's got to be a stick because there's <laughs> no way they're absorbing Activision and taking that same do whatever you want approach. And so we, to your point, we haven't seen what the stick looks like on Microsoft yet, or if they even can do a stick just based on what we've seen in the past with them controlling their studios and the quality of their game. So I, I'm very interested to see how that progresses, but you're, you're right. I, I have no idea how it's going to go. It seems like a monumental task that maybe a trillion dollars can solve, but maybe not. I don't money know. can't solve it. It's managers. You can't throw money at you can stuff. money. Money can hire managers. Money can hire managers, but the hiring the, the, the right people is the trick, right? You can, get, you can get Lucasfilm or you can get Marvel. I apologize, Travis. I know you're just going to disagree with me on that explanation anyway. But you can get, <laughs> you can get a what? right hand or a strong hand needed from various different content providers. And figuring that out is part of the question. Putting the right people in place is part of the question. You're talking about such a massive change to what Microsoft Gaming is that, I mean, if you were just putting a gun to my head and asked me to bet, I'd say... That is, that is a slim chance of working out to the maximal extent that we would hope. Um, and so we can only hope that it'll be good overall. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, that integration is tough, right? You can, even if you, even if you hire say hundred TPMs, technical program managers that are very good at their job and They're expertise. Perfect. Yeah. The, the interface yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> even if you do that, integrating them properly, being set up for success. I mean, there's just, there's just a, a wealth of factors that go into this being successful. So yeah, um, and it's art. They're not making widgets. It's it's <laughs> it's, trick. it's tricky. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. Uh we got a nice comment here. Best show today by far in a slow news week. Thank For you. sure, like, man. Like I'm ready to jump back shout. into that raid. This got me juiced. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's that's what we want to do, right? I I've said it before as as the our our uh Infinity Stones have come together and the four of us are now our, our Constructicon uh, show is that we want to have a topic every week that we can have discussions like this, broader discussions that get a little deeper into something meaningful and that the uh, community and you guys in live chat can be a part of. So I, I really enjoyed it today. And I think it should be clear, and we've said this before, that there's going to be plenty of times where we have different viewpoints or disagree or counter each other. 
it doesn't it's not an antagonistic or uh, negative way it's just us commenting in from our viewpoint and we well, can I love Travis out. more man I love yeah, Travis more after this kind of stuff you know gonna, you know how few people will just throw down with me this is great stuff this is, this is make <laughs> yeah. me feel alive again snake let's go <laughs> to say and what? you know I uh, like I for me I really really appreciate points I uh, perspectives I don't agree with that are argue, argued really well. And I can right. always expect that from right. you. Like when we disagree, at least I know you'll have reasons and very strong points. And it's like, that makes you a sharper person. It makes yes. you question your own beliefs. And it's just it's 100%. Amazing, so, and I, and I think, yeah, 100%. And it's funny Except for Dan's uh, views. You don't grow at all from those. You just <laughs> wait for him to finish talking, you know? Kind of a good segue, actually, in closing, because uh, last month I sat down with Colin Moriarty of Last Stand Media for a Patreon exclusive chat. Uh, they're monthly exclusive, so it's been exclusive for this whole past, actually, more than a month. But I put it live yesterday, and so it's got you know a few thousand views on it now, and I got a lot of comments on it. And a couple of the comments were around Colin's persona, around how he approaches things, right? And how and a couple of people asked me, Ains, how can you sit down and talk with Colin? Like he's not, you know, he's not a good person, and you know whatever people's beliefs are. And I said part of what I wanted to demonstrate with this conversation, and it ties into what we're saying here, is that people need to just sit down and have an honest conversation once in a while. Even if you disagree with someone on a viewpoint or an opinion, we, we share a lot more in common than we don't, right, um, at, at our core. And I think that people need to realize that it doesn't always have to be here and here, right and wrong, red versus blue, my team versus your team. Sit down have a conversation. You can have differing viewpoints and still have a good conversation and you will learn and you will grow in the process. And we, it seems like in the internet age, and I know I'm probably going to sound like an old man here, but it, it feels like we've gotten away from that to some degree. Um, and I really enjoyed this conversation today, guys, because we obviously had a lot of differing viewpoints and it, I think we had a great conversation because of it, not in spite of it. Um, and I think that's uh, that's beneficial to uh, gaming discourse, and we need more of it in this industry. So there's my preach comment, closing comment for the day. Closing comment time. Um, so anyway, with that, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. A couple things to note. Like I said, my conversation with Colin is up on the channel. It's, it's open to everyone now. Please give it a look. It was a great chat. Uh, really enjoyed myself. And, um, you know, you may, again, you may, uh, you know, you may come away with something. Uh, we've also got uh, our new latest episode of Cast Co-op is up. Me, Joe, and Luke just talking about uh, a lot of things, including the accessibility discussion around Elden Ring. Check that out. Uh, we've got thoughts on Horizon coming this week from Steve, who's been writing those up and spending a lot of time with that game, as we discussed prior here. Uh, and if you weren't aware, uh, my my Elden Ring guide has been shared really broadly. So thank you all for that. It's uh, surprising how many hits it's gotten. And I've also been doing a uh, live stream playthrough of Elden Ring where I share a lot of insight into player builds, NPC interactions, places to go and find. So if you're interested in that, you can find me on Twitch as well. So, oh, we got a super chat right at the end. Michael Patton, following up. <laughs> <laughs> that's just not true michael yeah you're killing me with the butte baby 
Yeah, you weren't here yeah. when you said when uh, he was talking trash on Star Wars: The Last Jedi. You know, well, so we got a dog was starting to bark, so I had to mute it. <laughs> All right, Michael Patton, two dollars. I will say it's Hoag's only bad argument so far. Winky <laughs> face. Hey, that, that means you're batting well if it's your only bad. Yeah, that's pretty ball. good. That's it's pretty good. I've true. got a lot, a lot of bad arguments. So. Yeah, no, it's just not true. But I appreciate the sentiment, Michael. Hey, <laughs> you know, like I say, reasonable minds can differ. Reasonable disagreement is the spice of life. Travis already yeah. gave the whole pitch. It is how you grow. Maybe you convince the other person of something important. Maybe they convince you. That's are fun conversations. This is, this is great. Yeah, this, is, is. this is like law school for me. It's <laughs> fantastic. And to Ains's point, the worst thing you could do is retreat and not talk to these people, stop growing, and just write them off as uh, you know irredeemable people that can't grow or change their minds. That's just that's just not how you how you live in a society. It's, yep. That's how I live in my society. Yeah, that's how Dan wants us all to live. <laughs> yeah, just in my little bubble here. So. Get the bubble. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and wrap it up, boys. Uh, Travis, what you working on? Where can people find you? Yeah, so my Witch Queen review will probably be late. I was I was trying to get it up by Monday. I haven't beaten the raid. They extended it a 24-hour period for the hard mode, which means that now I can't do what I was planning on doing today, which is just play the easy mode of the raid ah. uh, to get through it. So we're probably going to have to wait a little bit. Um I, I might beat it today, but I, I after doing 24 hours yesterday, I, I kind of have it out of me. I also didn't plan on spending all today uh, doing it, so I need to catch up on, you know, eating food and doing my laundry. Um, that said, if you haven't had enough of me somehow, uh, I will be <laughs> on uh, the Iron Lord podcast today in 20 minutes. So I'll be sitting <laughs> right here. Uh, I'll be sitting right here. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the Destiny Raid on uh, Iron Lord Podcast. So I'll be Wait. hopping in live with them. Uh, their show is already live right now. So I'm, yep. I'm just like jumping in to kind of uh, give my thoughts on Destiny. And then I'm going to leave and take a nap. That's my plan. <laughs> so other than that, you can read everything I write on IGN.com. That's where I exclusively make my content these days. Uh, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Travis if you want to see me and Hogue banter back and forth and, and set each other up for future fights at, uh, at BitCast. That's what we spend a lot of our time doing. We do yeah. do that, don't we? We do do yeah. that. Yeah, it's nice. Twitter. It's a nice little uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We'll yeah. sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. Yeah. Hogan <laughs> Travis going live. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. Hey, you got you to gotta find the way that Twitter can be useful because believe me, it's like searching through the sand to find some diamonds. Uh, but certainly those kinds of interactions are fantastic. And if you want to follow me, teach Travis a thing or two on Twitter. It's at Hoaglaw, uh, just as the same as Virtual Legality, my YouTube channel, which is slash Hoaglaw. I didn't even bring up half the stuff we've been talking about on the channel this last week. We've got sweepstakes, rules, problems in California, people pulling computers away from folks that rightfully won them, all the interactions that went with that. And of course, the Activision Blizzard Microsoft Power Hour, which I did two videos of this week. And I already got two more lined up because some lawsuits <laughs> were filed, some accusations about gender discrimination were that levied once looking? again. Uh, so in the very lighthearted world of dealing with Activision Blizzard, uh, you can come check that out on my channel almost certainly uh, this week. So please do that. We're having these conversations. And because we're bad at it, allow me to say this. We hit 10,000. Would love to keep that train going. Everybody else on this podcast is worthy of following. I'm not including myself. But you should check this out. You should subscribe here. You should give all those upvotes, those downvotes. You should do a dance. You should add engagement. Tell me why I'm wrong. Talk to me about the nature of the Master Chief. Give me some comments that will help set me on the right path. 
because YouTube loves that stuff. So please do that. Uh, and we'll get that number up of subscribers up before you know it. So please do all those things. This is one of the best places on the internet. Let's show YouTube that it is. Thank you very much, Rick. Dan, how are you going to top that? I'm not. I'm going to <laughs> say thanks, guys. <laughs> Good show today. Yeah, yeah, appreciate you, chat. Chat, you've been fantastic today. Seriously, a lot of great comments, a lot of great interaction. Thank you so much. Uh, anyone listening to this later, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, we had a, we had a blast today. This was a fun one, and of course, uh, we will be back next Sunday. Until then, enjoy yourself, and thanks for listening to the Bitcast, your weekly gaming show, where you can where we talk. If I could even get this out, where we talk about all things Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, and PC with industry and technical insight. Until next week.